Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. We've got some great speakers today like Alpha Six, Joy Farley, Amanda Dahl, Tim Story, and many more champions pouring into you this morning. Glenn Lundy believes that if you can change the way people start their day, it'll make a massive impact in their life. So pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. Part I love so much about that record when he's saying "Let's go." Hey, glad I think your mic's still on. Um, thank you. He said it's not about where you've done; it's about what you're doing. Yeah, it's all about where you're going, no matter where you've been. That is significant, very much so. Very much so. So many times we look at the moment we're living and we feel as if we can't do the thing that we need to do now because of what we've done before. The resume thing, right? When you go looking for the next position, most people are looking through the eye of what they've done so far. And what you've done so far is just that. That's just what you've done so far. You may not remember how you got into that line of work or whatever the case may be. You may have only met the person that you're with because they were friends of one of your friends and you met at a barbecue, but you didn't know what other people were available in life. You may be only thinking that you are a uh, artist because that's all you saw. But then later in life, when they created different technologies, you saw people doing things with computers that they used to have to do with an easel and a brush. And now people are designing whole entire landscapes inside computers for uh, people to virtually visit office spaces or real estate. And you never have to fly and actually touch the building. And maybe you want to design that. What are the things that you haven't considered yet because of what you have considered? I know that's kind of a confusing question, but what are the things you haven't considered yet only because of the things you have considered? Here are the options available right here in front of you. However, that's just what's right in front of you, right? To the right of you, there's things. Behind you, there's things. 360 degrees in every direction possible. There's options that you just might be the one for. Now, if you think about Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs went to visit Xerox back in 1979. And they had something they just built. It was pretty cool, but they couldn't see the value of it. But this young Steve Jobs, I mean, mind you, it is Steve Jobs, but it's Steve Jobs before the one we call Steve Jobs. This is like Glenn Lundy 20 years ago, right? Before is Glenn Lundy today. This is me before today. This is all of us before now, but he still sees it. And the big executives in the room, they can't see it. He's all excited. He's like, I can't believe, I cannot believe that they're not taking advantage of this. See, they had this thing for sale for what would be $100,000 today, thinking that only big corporations and universities could use it. 
Steve didn't think that. Steve decided to go back to his brand new company, Apple, that was barely getting traction. And he fully recognized the significance of what he saw. And if you wonder what I'm talking about, we're talking about this user interface, this graphic user interface. See, computers before were hell on earth if you didn't know how to program. And if you remember from back then, we had to push in C, command, whatever, all this stuff just to make it do barely anything. You had these floppy disks that had hmm, megabytes, number crunchers. Anybody remember Oregon Trail? Am I getting old? Oh, my God. I got you, Alpha. Okay. Alpha. The Alpha, too. I was like, am I We know Alpha. Alpha. Yes, Alpha. We, we remember. Okay, okay. Hey, Alpha, so, I remember Fortran. There we go. There we go. So he saw it, but back then computers didn't have that. So instead of just losing the idea and going back and say, oh, well, maybe they'll figure it out. He's like, nope, I'm going to do it. So he didn't wait until the other people figured it out. That's significant. Now I'm going to relate this back to you because there's things about you that other people see and they do the same thing and they point it out to you. They're like, did you, did you know you're a great speaker? Did you know you're a great singer? Did you know you're a great writer? Are you going to write a book? They say things like that. Wow, you're a great dancer. Directly. Your whole life, people have been telling you things that you are great at. And the whole time also, like most people, you might go, oh, not me. <laughs> wow, no, I just, uh, I just sing a little bit in the shower. I'm not a, uh, why do you think this person stopped and told you that? Because you suck? No. And then when people tell you you suck at stuff, then you get the American Idol syndrome. You're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna see you at the top. Y'all some haters. It's like, no, you just, you, you don't sing very well. And you sound like bird on fire. And that's about it. But here's the thing. Why not listen? Why not realize that you might be sitting on a gold mine? You see, they didn't realize it. They, they shrugged the show. Yeah, it's just that silly little graphic user interface thing. Well, Apple went ahead and made billions of dollars with that silly little thing, and then trillions. And now Apple might be, if it's not Amazon, the number one company in the entire world. And it all started with recognizing the significance of a thing that other people were dismissing that was right there in front of everybody, hiding in plain sight. So ask yourself as I keep speaking, what's my gift that's hiding in plain sight while I pursue the other thing that I just decided long ago was my thing, right? I decided this is who I am because somebody asked me when I was a child, a child, what are you gonna be when you grow up? I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a space turtle. I'm gonna be anything I wanna be, right? Like, you don't know what you're gonna be when you're a child. I'm gonna be a firefighter. That's something a child would say. I mean, there are firefighters. I would never say that now. It looked so cool back then. It's like, I don't wanna run into a building on fire. Like that's, that's not my thing, but <laughs> I appreciate every person who does want to do that. I just know it's not me. But if you asked me when I was eight, your boy would have been in the firefighter suit. And that would make no sense for me right now. That would not be, here's why. That's not a good use of whatever the greatest thing I have, right? There's a gold mine in everybody. And then there's all these other parts, but the gold mine, like the graphic user interface, the thing you're ignoring that's right there in plain sight, 
for sake of the thing you said you do before. You don't have to be one thing. I don't know if like that's like a revelation to anybody, but you don't have to be one thing. You don't have to define yourself with this one thing. Like I am a this, because that is a distinction of an absolute. Picture a pie, your grandmother made it, your mom, whoever makes the, the very best pie. And out of that whole pie, they give you the thinnest slice you've ever seen in your life, like the old uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk when they slice the bread and you can see through it, right? Just so thin. And you're like, what is this? And like, that's your slice of the pie. And you're like, hell no, I want more than this. It's like, well, guess what? That's what you decided. I am this. You better keep turning. 360 degrees and using 359 in blank space while you try to hold on to this tiny one degree of who you are. Keep turning. There's more. Go around new people. Go to new places. Like Joy says, get lost on purpose. I, w- I want to say this. This is a little deviation. It's not in my uh, plan. But when I went to Arizona in 2017, my friend lives in Gilbert. This is before they built so many of those beautiful new houses, but he was in one of the first new developments and it literally smelled like cows out there for some reason, because there's a lot of cows somewhere close by. And I left to go to Barnes and Nobles. Now, mind you, I didn't use GPS. I was like, I'll figure it out. He's like, bro, you won't figure it out because right here, it's just mountains and cows and you got to get to a certain road. And then finally they'll lead you to this other place where that's at, where it looks like a regular city. I said, I'll figure it out. I did not figure it out, to say the least. I found myself driving through very beautiful neighborhoods, seeing homes that blew my mind. And I had a good time. I didn't read a book. And when I finally made it back to his house, he said, man, I was panicking. I was trying to call you. You weren't answering the phone. Like, like I thought you were lost. I was like, I can't be lost here. I don't know what any road is. That's very significant. I can't be lost. I don't like I have to know something in order to be lost, right? Like I have to know which way I was going and then I ended up going the different way. But I don't know any of the roads. I just know the grid and turn left or turn right or go back the way you came. You can't really get too lost like that. There's no winding roads. I live in San Diego where if you get off on the 805, you better know what you're doing because you might not ever make it back to Interstate 8. If you've ever been to San Diego, you know exactly what I'm saying. You have to go through somebody's neighborhood behind a house and make a letter S and get back on the freeway. And next thing you know, I-15 headed to Temecula somewhere. Wrong road. But I point that out because you may be just doing what you're doing because you've never done that. You never set about just driving in a direction saying, let's just see what's over here. Let's just see what's over here. If all else fails, I can literally turn around and come down the same road that got me here. It's pretty hard to get lost when you do that. You can always go back to what you're doing now. But there's a book called Range where it says the kids who play many different sports, they are the ones who gathered skills from each one of those sports. And when they finally finally land on the one that, you know, that's their thing, they're that much better for having gathered all the various other things. It's not the person that their parents put them in soccer at two years old and they just stayed there, 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 there because they lacked the diversity of understanding of how sports are played, not just that game. 
right? So in the same way, life as a sport is played in many different ways on many different levels by many different people. And if you don't go down those roads and hang out with those other people, whoever that is to you, here's the other to me. If I play tennis, maybe I'll hang out with some people who play baseball, right? If I play baseball, maybe I'll go shoot basketball sometime. I just want to see how other games are played so that I can bring it back. Today, James Cameron, the movie director, his masterclass drops, and I can't wait because I'm going to watch it because directors and producers are the same thing. They use light and darkness. We use sound and silence. And then we just switch. So I'm going to learn all these things about directing, like Avatar. I'm going to use it in audio. Boom. Right? Take something from another place, put it over here. And if you're smart, like Steve Jobs, like, hey, you guys make copy machines. I don't even know why you're venturing into this computer stuff, but I make computers and I'm going to use it. And I'm not even going to apologize for it. It worked out. They dropped the ball, so to speak. So Steve said, this is it. And we must do this. And overnight, it became the central focus. Boom. Not over time, overnight. This is the central focus. See, that's the thing. Once you see the significant thing that you need to focus on, you need to overnight make it that. Boom. Tonight. Today. Right here. Right now. If you're hearing something right now and it's clicking in your head, you're like, oh, I like this. I'm writing it down. Okay, after you write it down, do it. Actually do it. Because I can show you notebooks that look like the Da Vinci Code sitting right here in front of me. If I don't do these things, why did I write it? It took life to do that. Everything we do is at the price of life. I don't care how much you pay for it in dollars and cents. The price of life is what you pay to do anything. So you better do it right or you better do it well or else you have squandered the time of your life. Come on now. Why do that? It's not practice. It's not like a rehearsal. This is in a scrimmage. It's the big game right here. This is the big game right here. If you're waiting on it to start, I'm going to let you know the clock is already running. There's a big old shot clock in the sky. And unfortunately, you can't see how much time is left on it. Start shooting. If you miss, so what? Get the rebound. Shoot again. Matter of fact, coach used to tell us back in the day, hey, Jordan, we're doing all that fancy stuff. Use the square. I say, okay, coach. I didn't get it. I wanted to do the fancy stuff, the stuff that made the crowd go wild, fall out, out of the stands, give you a high five when you headed back from the locker room, you know, after the game, when you're sitting in the stadium with everybody. And somebody falls down the steps. What's going on with that? If you got your mic open, please do that for me. I can't concentrate on that and speak at the same time. Um, but I wanted to do the fancy thing, the thing that make the crowd go wild. But he said, no, no, no. We're not here to make the crowd go wild. We're here to play the game. We're here to win the game. Use the square. Makes sense now, you know, as a grown-up, the fundamentals count. Even Jordan, even Kobe, on the last day, still shooting free throws, still doing a chess pass, still doing the things that make those fancy things look good. Because if you go straight for that, that's how you end up on the injury reserve, not even in the game. You may be looking at somebody else's life and figuring, ooh, I want that life. Well, you got to do the boring stuff first. The boring stuff. Yeah, that's what makes business run, the boring stuff. The stuff that's not glamorous, not pretty, not any of that stuff. You want to be in great shape? 
Ugh. Back to the boring stuff. It just is. Drink water. Eat right. Go to sleep. Boring. Works, though. The boring stuff works. The fancy stuff, like that diet you bought on Instagram because that girl drank tea and you think she got those apps from drinking tea. Woo. You're going to be disappointed. A little bit. Why? Because you're trying to buy your trophy. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You want to be a trillion dollar company, billion dollar company? You want to make Apple? You got to recognize the significance of the gold mine that you're sitting on. You want to be the whole version of you, somebody that you look in the mirror and are proud of every day? Guess what? Got to recognize the gold mine that you are sitting on. And then once you recognize it, do it better than they did it. Even if it's you. Think about how you're doing it now and do it better. I guarantee you that you walk pretty normal today. But if someone showed you a video of you taking your first steps, you look like you've been up all night and you're on the hangover three. Like you just been in the club all night, just drunk. I remember watching my kids learn to walk. They crashed into everything. I had to put rubber and pillows because they were always falling somewhere. If you ever watched one of those dad videos of dads catching kids at the most crazy times, that is real life. That's real life. Kids falling off stuff they shouldn't ever. But guess what? We all started there. We all started clumsy. We all started clumsy at every single thing we've ever done. You got to be willing to be bad if you ever want to be good. You got to be willing to be terrible if you're willing to be great. It's important. So here's the last part. Let's work backwards, but not just from anywhere. Let's take that gold mine, see it, see it at the most simple and yet powerful way that can affect positive change throughout the entire world, and then reverse engineer that back to today and right now. And one thing, just one thing you can do right now to set it in motion to say, we have begun. We all know the whole thousand mile journey with one step thing. But here's the thing, we live in a technologically advanced world. We are the future, it is now. If you ask everyone who ever existed before us, they'd be like, you guys are the future. We're like, we know, because there's nothing in front of us yet. And we're building it right now. So let's go ahead and do it. Let's do it at the highest. Why not? This is our shot. This is our chance. This is our moment. This is all we're ever gonna get. I mean, unless you know something I don't know, I plan on going ahead and rock it out this one time. So with that being said, it's 3.59 and let's go. All right, Joy and Liza coming up at the top of the hour. Past time to dance. It's time oh, to yeah. dance. Is it time to dance yet? Thank you so much, Alpha, and good morning, each and every one of you. Seven o'clock on the dot. And Alpha would know in my drop top, you know, it's never too early. It's never too early to dance or have a great time. So good morning, guys. I hope you're all having a wonderful start to your day. Good morning, Miss Liza. 
Good morning, Joy. Good morning, <laughs> Breakfast with Champions. Joy, what day is it? What day is it? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. She's almost Not. there. Today's day 67. Day 67. Come on, man. <laughs> 67. We're on the home stretch, friends. We're on the home stretch, and I couldn't thank man, each and oh, every one so, of you for so your what day? What's the celebration look like? Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. I'm like, just make it to the finish line, sister. And um, she's gonna have a she's gonna have a cheesecake and uh, <laughs> an eight ball. You know we'll mean? figure it out. I might go oh, hard man. to fate. I might have That's to go hard great. to fate. So, if those of you who well, don't know what we're talking about, I'm doing 75 hard along with so many of these amazing champions here. No, and no, you're doing so like many eight of us drop. You're doing eight <laughs> hard. You've got like eight days to go or seven days to go. It's no longer 75 hard. That's all. I know. Man, I know. You. We're putting the, the best. So the awesome. best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And like, I remember um, when I played volleyball, we always always used to say, or I mean, even just in the gym, you're like, make your last set your best one. And so I feel like that going into this last stretch, these last few days, kind of feel like, you know what? If I made it this hard, I just keep on telling myself that it's all downhill from here. Um, so it's amazing how this room has inspired so many of us to do great things. This all started out of a conversation Liza and I had on this stage um, about when's the last time you did something for the first time? When's the last time you were pushed into greatness? And here we are, um, day 67 of 75 hard. And I can guarantee you that I'm so much better for it. Um, there are some areas where I'm like, dang, it's exposed some things in my life that I obviously was not doing. And in other ways, I'm like, okay, I will keep some of these um, just great daily habits moving forward. Like, when's the last time any of us drank a gallon of water? I mean, a gallon of iced coffee, yes. A gallon of water, no. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited. So I'm going to get us rocking and rolling. I'm going to go ahead and just reset the room. For those of you that just joined us, um, you are in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. I always just to love to tell you guys that I just love seeing your faces here. Um, thank you for just supporting us each and every day. We would not have this room without you. So be sure to just connect with the people around you. Maybe there's someone above you or below you or beside you that you might find interesting. Read their bios. Um, figure out what they're doing, how you can connect with them. We're here every single day from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m., Monday through Friday. We're here on Saturdays from 6 to about noon with our amazing sales meeting with the amazing Brian Benstock and David Spisak and others. And then, of course, on Sundays for Club 111 with Darian and his amazing crew. So be sure to tap in. Follow the little greenhouse over Alpha's head. Um, we always are opening incredible rooms so you can be a part as well. So as we get rocking and rolling for our 7 o'clock segment, Liza and I had an amazing conversation last week around mental health. Um, and it was so interesting. Dr. Janie said something as we started off this segment because I had said something about, you know, mental health can be a really heavy conversation. She said, no, it doesn't. Mental health is something that can just be an everyday conversation. It's not heavy. Um, we talk about our physical health 
all the time. You know, here we're starting to talk about 75 hard and, um, you know, how does your body feel? How are you feeling? And it's like, we've got to check in with how we are from a mental health perspective. Um, and I think it is so important to constantly be checking in with ourselves, be checking in with the people in our circles, because it's so important on how we can thrive in all aspects of our lives. So I want to just recap the 10 quick questions that Dr. Janie so beautifully put together for us. Um, I've reread these multiple times this week, asking myself these questions. And, you know, if you think about where we are, here we are, gosh, almost going into July of 2021. And we're all in a space of this post-pandemic recovery. I loved that, Dr. Janie, because it gave language, I think, to how we all really feel. You know, I think a lot of us felt like we just survived 2020. We're kind of coming out in 2021. The world's starting to open up. Some of us have, you know, anxiety about being outside. Some of us are super excited to, you know, feel some normalcy in our worlds. But at the same time, we all feel and I think that's the beauty of being human is we can all bring our own experiences. We can all bring a different perspective to the table because if we don't talk about these things, we'll never know where each of us stands. So I wanted to just run quickly through the, the 10 quick questions to ask yourself as we're really in a space of reinventing ourselves, adapting to our own new normals, um, and um, getting out of this space of maybe some psychological isolation that we've experienced, you know, in the past year and a half. So if you've got a pen and paper, would love for you to take a quick note um, or put them in your phone. I think these are amazing questions just to ask yourself anytime. I mean, it could spark some great conversations among you and some friends, um, but more importantly, the questions that you ask yourself as we're coming out of just probably the craziest year and a half of all of our lives. So Number one, what makes me happy? What makes you happy? There's so many things that we could maybe fill in the blanks there. Um, number two, what brings out my best? I think about that a lot. You know, what am I doing? Where am I going? Who am I with? That's a, that's that a great question. Feel the best. Exactly. That is a what, great question. What brings out my best? Maybe it's people. Maybe it's challenging yourself. Um, I definitely have felt that in the past <laughs> 67 days, what brings out my best, and sometimes it's doing the heavy lifting. Number three, what toxic relationships need boundaries? What toxic relationships need boundaries? I can guarantee you there's people in all of our lives that could be friends, that could be family, that could be coworkers, who needs a boundary um, that's gonna keep you in a great headspace. Number four, what do I need to change most? And I think we all can think of something that comes to mind. Maybe that's drinking more water. Maybe that's having the tough conversation. Um, maybe that's leaning in where you naturally want to lean out. What do I need to change the most? Number five, what do I love to talk about or learn? I know I love reading. I love listening to podcasts. I've been kind of um, downloading so many new things just to listen to um, as of late. And I think part of 75 Hearts for me is this daily, this daily discipline of reading. What do I love to learn about? What do I love to talk about? Um, I love when people's eyes light up when they talk about things that they're passionate about as well. Number six, how can I grow into my potential in this season? 
And maybe you lost some of yourself in the past year. Maybe there's things that you love doing and then you just put it down and you don't know why. And maybe it's time to pick it back up. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe you've loved to exercise. Maybe you love to hike or do things that light you up. And I think sometimes when life gets hard, we kind of put those things to the side because we find that other things are more important. And I always think about that. How can I grow into my potential in this season? Stretch yourself. Do something crazy that you've never done. Maybe you do 75 hard. Maybe you stretch yourself in other areas. But what can you be doing to grow your potential in this season? Number seven, what would I do if I was free? And that could look a lot of different ways. You know, maybe you think financial freedom or what if I was free from worry or stress or anxiety or what if I was free for my kids this weekend? I don't know. That could be super different for everyone. But what would you do if you had some free time? How would you spend it? Who would you be with? Um, what would you do if you were free? Number eight, what are my strengths? I love this one because I think so many times we're always trying to improve our weaknesses and sometimes we don't maximize our absolute strengths. What are the things that you're excellent in? What are the things that come super easy to you? What are the areas that light you up and don't feel like they're uphill both ways? Um, and how can you strengthen those in this season as well? On to number nine, what can I add value? Where can I add value and make a difference? And I think that honestly, it's just a deep human need for all of us. Where can we where can we bring out something in our lives that make someone else around us better? Where can we add value? I think this app alone has added so much value to our lives. And there's something about adding value to other people that just makes us feel good. Where can you make a difference? And last but not least, what matters most? Um, what are your core values? What are the things that you can um, just hang your hat on and know that you're solid through and through in the construction world. You call that structural integrity, you know, that you're just the same person, um, wherever you go, the things that matter the most to you, the things that you hold, um, to be part of just your core and how that shows up in your everyday life. Um, so I'll just run through these quickly again. If you didn't, we're taking notes. What makes me happy? What brings out my best? What toxic relationships need boundaries? What do I need to change most? What do I love to talk or learn about? How can I grow into my potential in this season? What would I do if I was free? What are my strengths? Where can I add value and make a difference? And what matters most in terms of your core values? And Dr. Janie, I couldn't thank you more for just posing those questions because I've reread them so many times. I'm like, huh, what's making me happy? What can I be doing? Um, to stretch myself in this season, in this post-pandemic recovery. Um, and it has really been really eye-opening. Um, we also talked about how we can strengthen ourselves from a health perspective. Um, thanks to Michael Huey, um, hydration, reading, grounding, accountability. Um, we also talked to Coach Isaac about, you know, pouring nutrient richness, <laughs> being nutrient rich. Um, you know, what that looks like in terms of our mindset. Um, sometimes listening to educational things over music, always learning, um, and really focusing on what you need. Um, I think I know for a fact, not just think, I know for a fact, a lot of times when I'm feeling some type of way, I sit down and ask myself, what do I need in this moment? And sometimes that's water. Sometimes that's a hug. Sometimes that's a, a deep conversation. 
Sometimes that looks like exercising or whatever it could be. You can fill in those blanks, but what do I need in this moment? We also talked to Dr. Sean Shapiro um, about what it's like when you are off balance. Um, people say they want to be, ba- be pain-free, but uh, they don't want to do the work. And I'm just so encouraged by all of you with the ways that you just show up in your vulnerability. The conversations we had last week were so impactful. And I know so many people had a lot of questions, comments that they didn't get to. And we were like, we have to have a part two. So if you were here last week or you just joined the conversation today, we would love to just have a open dialogue of what are the things that you do to stay mentally clear? Um, Maybe you've got a tip or a trick that you wanna share with us that works for you. Um, There's such a variety of diversity on this stage in every way, shape and form you can think of. And we always make each other better because what we bring to the table matters. Um, So Liza, I'm curious, I know you love to exercise, um, specifically running. You're always like, hey, I'm going for a swim. I'm like, I think Liza's just a superhuman. but I'm just curious, is there any anything specifically that you do to stay mentally clear outside of exercising? I was actually speaking to someone yesterday and we were talking about health and, and exercising and I was encouraging, I was working with an executive director of one of the nonprofits in town and we had a requirement in his employment contract about uh, getting an annual physical and also paying for a health membership. And so we were discussing how really the physical health, how much it affects our mental health. So you asked outside of of making sure that I'm physically healthy, that is certainly one of the things that I do to make sure I'm staying mentally healthy. Um, But, you know, I'm gonna actually take your question and tweak it just a bit because one of the things that I got out of last week so much that I wanted to make sure to add was Dr. Janie also gave us some advice on how how do we help other people around us who might be having some mental health challenges and we all in this room are like these a a types who want to fix everything so joy one of the things when i'm all when i'm talking about my own mental health um focusing on the relationships around me and how that affects my day-to-day mental health so that's one of the things that uh was the question that jane dr janie posed is what toxic relationships where do we need to have boundaries Um, At the same time, when there's someone who might be causing one of those toxic relationships, how can we help them? And the questions that she gave us, I think, were such a great guide for me, for a couple people in my life where I want to try to fix and help. And we can't do those things. We can't necessarily try to fix somebody else. But these list of questions were really helpful for me to be able to share with others um, who may not be in Breakfast with Champions. So, uh, Joy, I think your question was, what else do I do outside of um, exercising for my own mental health? And I would say one of the big ones is constantly evaluating the relationships in my life to see how they're affecting my mental health. Who might be draining me, exhausting me? Who might I be pouring into? Um, and I am making an impact where I could, I could help further. So I'm going to say relationships and, and constantly evaluating positive, negative and, and how, they're, uh, how they're serving me and how I'm serving each person in my life. So that's what I would love to share. And I would just encourage everyone to use these questions for and share them well outside of Breakfast with Champions if there are people not in this room who could benefit from them. I love that. And you know, I am a huge fan of relationships and sometimes the, the things that are so hard these days, especially is creating boundaries, um, whether that's family, got one of those where 
it's like, you know what? I want to be better for my own mental health by creating some space because you get dragged into other people's dysfunction. And before you know it, um, I'm such an empath where I'm starting to feel all the feelings that have nothing to do with me. And sometimes when you carry other people's baggage and then you've got nowhere to put it down, that's what feels heavy. Um, so I think for your own, for your own good, sometimes you just have to create some distance. Um, and Janie did such a beautiful job last week of um, just explaining that. Janie, are you here? Good morning. I good am here. Morning. And what a, good what morning. What a great, great job recapping all Gosh, the questions and hearing that us. summary. All girlfriend. I hope I, I hope I did it justice. I wrote them all down and then have just been creating some questions around, huh? Um, what's the question beneath the question? So. Is there anything that you specifically do to safeguard your mental health? Um, I know you deal with a lot of heavy things and some great things, but at the same time, I think when I majored in psychology, um, that was one of the things I was so concerned about. My gosh, what would it be like to, you know, hear everybody else's, um, you know, whether it's trauma or um, their bad day, how that affects you? What do you do to um, kind of safeguard and stay in the clear for your own mental health? Great question, Joy, everyone. This is Dr. Janie. I do a lot of things. You know, I had spent some one-on-one -on -one time uh, through Zoom with, with Tim Story, and I know he's coming on today. And one of the things that he had said to me just really resonated and let me know that I have been really taking care of myself in the proper way. Because when we're, when we're helpers by profession, and that's our natural pretensity, you know, and even as you talked about just being an empath, when you care for others deeply, you also feel deeply. And every day, you know, he said, as helpers, we go out into the battlefield. And if we're not creating that holy ground, and we can interpret that in many ways, if we're not creating that holy ground for ourselves. We're also leaving ourselves to vulnerability. And that is also includes us as mental health professionals, those that are just constantly serving other people, that we have to fill up our tank first. And the way that I look at that is I have to create an overflow and abundance in myself. So when I am going out to that quote unquote battlefield, that I have the bandwidth, I have the focus. I know when I'm also getting triggered, I also know when I'm having something called transference, like if someone reminds me of someone from my past, right? I have to be in a place where I keep all of those things in check. So, you know, the past couple of months, I especially incorporated Breakfast of Champions in my morning, but in the mornings, I have to take time. I get up early, you know, I was getting up early before um, Clubhouse, but getting up early, meditating, journaling, I stretch, you know, and sometimes um, I try to get out and about if I can get some air. And then I'm also doing a few other things. I'm talking to people who are positive. I incorporate, I believe in building a life that you want to wake up to every day. So that comes from the place that I live, that comes from, you know, the, the vehicle that I drive, the neighborhood that I live in, being able to, I live in Florida, so I'm 40 minutes from the beach. I love water. We, my son and I go to the beach often. We like to hike. So there's a lot of things I just incorporate in my life. I don't believe in living, working to have a vacation. And I also try to incorporate that philosophy with those that I also work with, is that there are small things that we can all do every single day where we can wake up, whether it's the picture, right? If we can't change the place that we live or we're living in an apartment until we can get to that house, you can buy a picture from Ross or 
TJ Maxx that you can put it right where your eyes open up each morning, right? So there are small things externally that we can do that can fill us up. But I believe in prayer. I believe in faith. I believe in keeping a distance, even in my own life, as far as family members or long-term friends who are um, not positive and who are not encouraging. Because this is the other thing, and I would imagine a lot of us type A, those that are go-getters, relate to this. When we are strong and when we get things done and we have learned resilience, sometimes people don't check on you, right? So the friends that are around me that check on me, that ask me, well, how are you doing, Janie? How are you really doing? Or that during, um, last last year that were sending me you know, supplies or food out of nowhere, right? Those things were meaningful to me. And then that let me know, that confirmed to me that I had the right people around me that I didn't have to ask because they knew that, you know, I can probably struggle with asking for help because I'm usually the helper. So having those healthy people around me, taking care of my emotional, my mental, my physical, my spiritual, making sure that I feel secure financially, all of those things matter, Joy, and taking care of my own mental health so I have the capacity and I have the resilience and I have the bandwidth to be able to you know, I kind of use the metaphor. It's like going out to war with someone else and I'm in the battlefield with them, you know, coaching them, being there with them, seeing what they need at any moment time. And that takes a lot of mental thought and that takes a lot of mental restraint. And, um, you know, so I believe in just building a life where I can do that every single day. So when the day comes and I'm in my own battlefield, I've already been preparing for that day of war. So this is Dr. Janie. Those are some things that I do, Joy. And this is why you speak with just being like, hey, I just show up like this, but no one sees the behind the scenes. And I think we think about, you know, people in our lives, we're like, gosh, how do they do it? But they're doing so much behind the scenes to keep themselves in the clear. And I'm always one to say that things grow in the dark, you know, when we're feeling isolated and we're feeling lonely and we're by ourselves. I was had, I went to dinner with a friend last night and somehow we were talking about the past year and you know, he's like, oh, what day are, everyone knows, like, what day are you on 75 hard? And I told him, I said, you know, at the end of the day, so many people this past year have been like, uh, no one sees me. Hey, champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. You know, and now the anxiety of being outdoors, being around other people when you've been at home, kind of isolating yourself. And it's like, well, no Joy, one sees me. Jo you see you. Joy, <laughs> Joy hey, all friend. these people that I know that have never met you say, who's that friend of yours? She's doing that 70. What day is she on? Man, she's getting shredded. People that are friends of mine that have no idea about breakfast with champions or anything else. So, you know, the impact that you're making is is unbelievable. And, and you know, you don't always see it. And people would feel, that don't know you might feel weird to reach out to you and say, hey, I love what you're doing. Uh, but believe me, there are a lot of people that are uh, approaching me and I'm sure every, everybody else. And and people are watching what you're doing. And it's, it's amazing. I'm watching what you're doing. But, you know, I, I'm your clubhouse friend. He's, he's, it was a, a guy, Patrick, that I was working out with yesterday and just said, man, she's really going at it. Huh? It's, it's, it's great, the influence. That, that you can have. And I think that's really the great thing. Imagine the collective group of people that are doing 75 hard and the number of people that they can influence, even with their, you know, the success or their failure. It's still really inspirational. 
Thank you, Brian. And I think we all have the ability to be that ripple. Maybe you start posting, you know, whatever you're working on. Maybe you take these tips that we've gone through this morning and you post on your story and say, hey, how can how can I be a better friend by doing some of these things? How can I create better relationships and boundaries and maybe doing the small things? Maybe you start saying, hey, today's like I'm going to do something small. And you start letting them stack up because what happens, especially in this social media world, is that everybody's watching. Everybody's watching what you're doing, what you're posting, what you're eating for breakfast. I think we're all so interested in that. But to get to a space where you can use social media in such a positive light that you're doing something that you can inspire someone else to do something. Brian, we all look at you and we're like, gosh, how does he do it? But you've been putting in the work. And it's so evident that when people are putting in the work, my brother always says, when you're ready, you don't have to get ready. And people are like, oh my gosh, it's getting hot outside. It's summertime and I'm not ready. It's like, well, when you're ready, you don't have to get ready. And that doesn't have to just be physically. You know, you think of people like Alpha who are constantly ready because that's just what they do. You're reading, you're pouring into yourself, you're learning, you're studying so that at any moment's time, you can just go. And I think that's the beauty of just being in a space where you feel solid. So I want to just hear from some other people here on the stage. We're going to open up hand raising in a second too. We want to know like, what are you, what are you doing to safeguard your mental health um, as we emerge from the past year and a half? And as Janie, as Dr. Janie would call it this post pandemic recovery. So if you want to just flash your mics, we'll get to you. Um, Always love hearing you, everyone's input. I saw Lolita tap her mic. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Love the topic. So what am I doing to protect my mental health? Well, a couple of things, right? I'm getting more intentional on Clubhouse. That's number one, right? Because that can take a lot of energy, um, I think. But the first is to know, right, the awareness of the fact that you need to protect it. I think sometimes we, we're not even aware. We hear it, but we don't really become aware of it. That means we don't know where we feel it in our body when stresses come. We don't know that. So when you're first aware, right, and then I'm purposefully going into certain rooms that pour into me. And then, of course, I always talk about feeling the power in your pause. So I just am taking intentional times to pause, to pour into others, but to also refill my cup. So I hope that helps someone today. The power of the pause. I love that Lolita with a T, not a D. I love it. Who else wants to go? Hey, go for it. And then we'll go to David Hill. Thanks so much. Greetings and good morning, everybody. Um, I have been, I love Lolita's share as well. In, in addition to being intentional about being on an app, I think it's also important to be protective of what goes in your ears and eyes. Um, so I've been protecting my mental health in that way. And I thought that I was in a place where I could go into one of the daring rooms that conduct debates and have disagreeable moments. <laughs> I'm not there. And I'm not sure if that's ever going to be a good thing for me. So now just knowing that, I'm going to watch how I move on the app, one. And then two, get out in nature. If you must stay on Clubhouse, listen to something positive in your ear, protecting your ears, and then getting out in nature and feeling good about being alive and breathing with a heart rate up. That is how I am protecting my mental health. Thank you so much. I'm leading with love and light. This is Naida and I am done speaking. I love that Naida, just getting outside. I didn't realize how much of an indoor cat I've been for so long. Just getting outside, whether it's working out or just like 
Michael Huey talks about like grounding, just get outside, put your feet in the grass. It feels good. I think just connecting with nature is something that in this world of iPads and technology and Netflix and all the other things that can distract us, just getting outside. I think getting bored. I love that these days. We're like, let's just go outside and not have all the distractions. So thank you so much for that share. David Hill, good morning. What's keeping you mentally clear? Hey, good morning, Joy. Um, yeah, I'm just pulling into the gym right now, which is a huge part of my routine, my daily routine, exercise in some capacity, whether it's running, swimming, bike, I cycle. And that is huge for me. Um, just for whatever reason, I, I just get a lot of energy out of it. And just it, it helps me clear my mind. The other thing is the routine, right? I mean, if you think about Glenn's, uh, you know, the morning five, I have a routine, so every morning it's it's the same. It's it's gratitude. I text my daughter. I text my wife while she's sleeping, telling her I love her. You know, I, I it's it's all those little things. Writing a little gratitude, and I'll be honest, Clubhouse has has uh, taken me. I was talking to Glenn earlier in the week, uh, taking me out of my routine a bit. So I have been checking out of Clubhouse and and trying to figure out how to better time block my my schedule. So even this morning, I checked out for like twenty minutes did my meditation and then popped back in. So for me, the routine is really, really critical. And I've been, it's, it's been a part of my, my day for years and years. And, and when I'm off my routine joy, I, I feel it. Um, so the workout, the routine is, is, uh, is how I protect my mental health. So my name's David. I'm done speaking. Thank you. Thank you, David. I could not agree more. The routine is so critical. And, and like you, I love every moment of what I listen to on clubhouse, but I have had to put some boundaries even there to make sure that I wasn't allowing that to come into some of my routine, which is so important for mental health. So um, we're going to go to the next couple of mic flashes. I saw Reverend Max and then over to Michael Huey, and then we'll head to Monica. So Reverend Max, did you uh, want to join the conversation this morning? Yes, a hundred percent. Thank you so much. Um, I was going to say nature until someone, um, someone tapped into my stream of consciousness right before me. So the next thing I'll say is, um, I've been getting in the habit of putting myself in situations that influence a growth mindset and an abundance mindset. So I currently live in Florence and I've been just doing my best to get to new, um, new places, new, new environments um, that, that make me feel like I'm exploring new places of the earth and that um, inspire me to feel that there's new opportunities out there. And, and, and like I said, just putting myself in, in environments that um, really inspire this growth mindset, this abundance mindset, this prosperity mindset that you know, despite all the things going on, despite all the commitments in my life, et cetera, um, there's still so much to look forward to. There's still so many opportunities that I haven't, um, you know, stumbled upon yet. Um, there's still so many things unfolding within divine timing, timing that are beautiful and, and um, just abundant. So, so, so um, yeah, the, the, the advice I have to everyone is just put yourself in environments, put yourself around people and in situations where you feel like uh, you have that growth mindset, when you feel um, within that abundant energy. Um, so thank you. Uh, I love so that much, Reverend Max. I could not agree more. Um, so just for anyone who might just be joining us, we are at 7.30. This is Breakfast with Champions. And uh, we've. this is the second part of a discussion around mental health. And what are the things that both we do and uh, that Dr. Janie shared with us last week on the 10 questions that we can ask ourselves to make sure that we are constantly evaluating where we are from a mental health perspective. 
Um, we had such a great discussion last week with some tips, to, not only for ourselves, but for those around us to make sure that as we come through this pandemic or, or even regardless of the pandemic, how do we make sure that we're mentally healthy as well as physically healthy? So uh, I'm gonna go over next, uh, we just heard from Reverend Max and next we are going to, I'm trying to remember who I'm Michael Huey. there. Thank you, Michael Huey and then Monica. Thanks, Joy. <laughs> hey, Joy, good morning. Hey, Liza, good morning. It's good to hear your voices. Good morning, Michael. Uh, I, I would say that um, we did a room last night, Dr. Anise and I, on trauma and it, and it was so funny I, I was messaging dr jane today and she had a podcast interview i would have loved to have had her come in and, and and it was literally it you guys know me very well that i'm a very structured person i like to go to bed at 10 o'clock and the room went till midnight and it and it and it threw me off i don't normally do that and i probably dr niece and i were like we probably should not do that too often but i read a book back again for the third time um, back in January and I read it pretty quickly and, um, it's called boundaries. And, um, I, I hope that people that are listening today will not just listen to what Janie taught and what Liza and Joy are, are speaking about, but they'll actually, um, implement some of these things. Like me, I went on a two week trip. My wife lets me go away and just detach and, and, and stay away from social media. Not a hundred percent, but probably 80 to 90% and just really ground, really uh, set boundaries. And I think if you allow yourself to set some of these boundaries, like last night, three of my closest friends that have became like family on Clubhouse told stories that they had never told before, just poured out their heart. There was a lot of healing and freedom that went on there. And it started with forgiveness. It started with setting boundaries and really being able to know when to say yes and when to say no. And I think that that's important. I think it's super important that Liza and you and Joy have been sensitive to God using you um, in this Breakfast with Champions uh, table to be able to give people a safe platform to know that they have a voice, that they need to be heard, and that, that people are listening. And so I think there's a lot of healing that goes on in here uh, and uh, I'm grateful that God has allowed me to know when to say yes and when to say no. So thank you both. Um, I'm actually going to go do some grounding, actually, Joy. So I love you both. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, God bless you. This is Michael on Complete. Get your ground on. Thank you so much, Michael, and for all that you have contributed to the conversation, especially around our nutrition, because that's what helps us all stay mentally clear I don't think we realize what a big correlation there is there. So thank you. Hope you have an awesome day. We're going to go to Monica and I see Tamara flashing as well. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, champions. I can't believe you just said that, Joy, because you just took my point, girl. <laughs> um, <clears throat> through my physical transformation, I, I'm working out, so I'm <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, my physical transformation created a tremendous mental transformation. And so through that, I learned to put myself first. And that is one of my things that helps keep me mentally clear. And what I mean by that is I put my own health and fitness needs first. And in addition to the physical training, by the way, I'm sorry, I'm Monica in the turquoise circle. I always forget to say that. In addition to my physical training, Joy, you just said it. It's the food, the food that you put in your face hole determines 
very, very um, often what happens in your brain. And I will tell you that I have friends and clients and family members who said, when I changed the way I ate, my anxiety disappeared. My, my stress went down. I slept better. I'm more mentally clear. I don't have brain fog. It is so important to take care of your body through strength training, but it is very, very important to hone in on what makes you feel mentally well as far as food. I'm Monica in the Turquoise Circle, and I am done speaking for now. And if y'all don't take anything else from Monica's share, guard your face hole. Oh, guard your mind. <laughs> I love just that. As much. I loved it too. <laughs> guard your face hole, friends. Thank you so much, Monica, for that share. I think it is so vital. I don't even think we realize what a difference it makes when we clean up our act, literally, um, and how that can just make us feel really clear in the head as well. So good morning, Miss Tamara. Hey, girl. I'm on that countdown with you. Not because I'm doing 75 hard, but I can't wait for you to have that the freedom day countdown. Yes. <laughs> so excited. So yeah, I love this conversation. Um, I was actually prepping for being able to share here in this hour. And um, I was just thinking through it from the lens of our children as well. And so I'm excited to share. But I think the things that really are coming to mind now that haven't been shared is one, um, having other irons in the fire. And what I mean by that to protect our mental health is uh, the other people who are just the example of iron sharpening iron in our life, um, whether they're helping to uh, self-analyze or they're helping to help constructively criticize in a, in a good way, of course, um, but they're keeping you accountable. So accountability in our mental health and our physical health and our spiritual health, um, making sure that iron is sharpening iron. And then the other thing that I had was travel. So I am a huge proponent of grounding, as is Michael. We Even before we got on the plane after our conference the other weekend, we had really not many beautiful options except for a patch of green grass in a parking lot. And all of us went over there and we put our feet in the grass before knowing that we were going to be traveling on a plane. But I think the biggest thing is being able to get outside of our comfort zones of environment and having those things on the calendar in a long enough time frame out that you know there's something to look forward to. There's always something to look forward to if you have that positive perspective on day-to-day -day life. But traveling in and of itself creates a culturalism and a perspective that brings joy and um, uh, prosperity, honestly. Um, it allows you to be more grateful for the things that you have. So this is Tamara. Thanks for letting me share. Of course. I love that verse. You know, if you've never heard it, I've got to look it up, but it says as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I can guarantee you, whoever you're sitting next to, um, above you, below you, beside you, we're all sharpening each other. You know, we're all getting better together. Every time that you hear someone share something, you're like, oh, that's going to make me better. Oh, I'm going to go implement that in my world. Um, and we all walk away really feeling like champions because of the things that we take from this breakfast table. So thank you so much for that share, Miss Tamara. Anybody else want to hop in? What keeps you mentally clear? I see Michelle, the GI, um, would love to hear your input as well. So we'll go Michelle and then Dustin. Hey, good morning, champions. This is Michelle GI, um, woman, veteran, champion, and uh, evangelist. You know, this room, and I'm, I think I'm on uh, row number nine with the combat helmet. Uh, but, you know, I love this room. What, uh, you know, a great session. This reminds me of a story I heard. Uh, if someone knocked on your door and had a basket um, and it was covered, 
and they said, I've got a gift for you. And you uncovered the basket and it was filled with snakes. Why would you accept it and bring it into your house? Um, and, and many times people bring comments, uh, you know, whether it's social media or, or, or even just in person. And we take that, you know, I can remember years ago, somebody said, oh, I know you should be smaller because there's no way that little head should be on that big body. I, I have not forgotten that. I should forget that. I should backspace, delete. But sometimes that comes to mind. And so, you know, a lot of what I try to do is guard the gates. You know, I, 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 I limit the amount of neg negativity, whether it's through news, whether it's through social media, even when things are going on, you know, to this day, I've not watched the George Floyd um, video. I didn't watch the riots uh, because those things are triggers that I don't need in my spirit. I can only pray. I can't control it. So, you know, the thing that I'm really um, working on and continue to work on is to guard my gates, my eyes, you know, what I hear and what I take in, even in my spirit. This is GI God Inspired Woman Veteran Champion. It is my honor to be with you this morning. Guard the gates. Thank you, Michelle, for your service and for your share. That was so beautiful. I'm taking notes. I'm like, guard your gates, guard your face hole. We've got some really <laughs> gems that have been dropped today, guys. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Thank you so much, Michelle. Dustin, good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. I like I like that too. Guard the gates. I wrote that down. <laughs> it's powerful. Um, yeah. So, uh, what's one thing that I uh, do to uh, kind of keep fresh? I guess you could say is uh, just realizing. Come on, Maxwell. You about to pull me out the door, honey? Uh, hi. Let's go. Let's go. Let me find that. Let's get out, Let's go. Let's go, go ahead, honey. Go ahead, honey. <laughs> Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Hey, Jeremy Downing here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey, guys. Jean Paul Gidry here. And I've experienced massive increases of... 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strasnatter. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We had a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works. I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I want to open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Uh, <laughs> just realizing that it's okay to, like, it's okay when you're not okay. It's okay to not be okay. And uh, accepting, you know, kind of where you are along your journey. And like I spoke a couple of weeks ago, uh, working as a paramedic, I've struggled for, with PTSD, anxiety, depression, and you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay to pop out and get therapy. And it's okay if you're needing 
something to help you cope with a me- like a, like a medication and i just found that in some of my darkest days that like hey it's okay like loving myself and finding my breath and just like taking time to respect you as you as a person and what you've done and just realizing that it's okay and i think that that's been the most powerful thing for me and uh, anybody that's struggling like no matter what it is that you need just go out and get it don't be afraid to speak your truth and 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 let people help you along the way because i can guarantee you that somebody else has experienced exactly what you're going through and it's the same lessons that we learn every day here in life that can be learned with mental health dustin this is liza and that was such great feedback because i think one of the main reasons that we really wanted to have this discussion is to, to talk about how do we break the stigma around admitting that we have mental health issues um, or that anyone or maybe loved ones have mental health issues. A stigma really is what so much causes so much of the pain when people don't feel comfortable saying I'm not okay and I need help. So thank you for that. Let's go over to Danny. Oh, Danny, welcome cool. to Breakfast with Champions. We'd love for you to join the conversation this morning. Well, good morning. Thank you. And good morning, everyone. And thank you for all your sharing. And uh, Lolita said something a couple of weeks ago, or maybe last week, and it was just a phrase that she used about messages in the moment. And so I've been really, really just taking that with me everywhere, Sister Lolita. Thank you for that. Um, And so the message in the moment for me, the messages in the moments for me have just been about thankfulness. You know, during the pandemic, it was so easy to just be freaked out about every little thing because every little thing that we were so used to be doing was just frazzled and it was just, just, it just was upset and we had no control over that. And so I just started looking at what was triggering me to be so upset and it really wasn't all that important. And, and, and so, so much of what I had been basing a lot of energy on at the end of the day, it wasn't really in the large scheme of things all that important. And so I just started learning to be thankful that I could just stay in and rest or, you know, hang out with my grandson, four-year-old grandson and homeschool him because he couldn't go out to school or be with my daughter who was serving in the army because they couldn't go up to base because there had been, you know, maybe an outbreak in the unit or something like that. And she was home for weeks at, at a time. And so thank God um, says that, you know, in all things give thanks. And then the other message it was just to keep your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. That is what the word of God says in Proverbs 4.13. So I had to look at what were my issues in life that were not allowing me to keep my own heart. So that those were the messages in my moment. I'm just thankful for a lot of things that I just was overlooking and this is Danny Smith Mathis formerly known as Mama D and I'm speaking unapologetically and I'm done thank you thank you so much Danny and that outfit Danny I don't know where you're going but um that just made me smile so queen I'm going ahead and opening up hand raising so we'd love to hear from our friends at the other side of the breakfast table what are you doing to stay mentally clear in this new season. So I'm gonna go ahead and open up um, hand raising. Would love to invite a few of you to the stage. And then while we do that, let's go ahead and take a question from I see Tosh and America Supermom.
I just wanted to add something really quickly. Yeah, um, go for it. I have definitely had my experience with mental health. I was depressed for 13 years and hospitalized three times. And one of the things that I remember from that is um, to smile every day. And smile for me is an acronym that um, keeps me in mind with five things that, to manage my mental wellness. And uh, the first one is sleep. Am I sleeping enough? You know, because being sleep deprived can really lead to a lot of bad decision making um, and just a number of things. The next thing is your mood, being able to gauge, you know, have you been in a bad mood over a course of time? You know, one or two days is okay, but is it something that's prominent with your everyday routine? The next one is your inner voice. How are you talking to yourself? You know, when you're in the mindset of feeling like you're a victim and things are happening to you over a period of time, that can be problematic. The next one is laughter. Remembering to laugh at life, you know, and uh, experiences. It does the heart good like medicine. And then the last uh, letter is E, which is energy. So all these things are really kind of close um, together. But if you just keep in mind of those different elements and even with other people, you know, you may not know what to do, but just even asking them questions. I know for me, I was on the autopilot a lot. I didn't really have time to think and really process a lot of things. I just was doing the next task and trying to get it done. But even just people asking you, have you been sleeping all right? You know, what's your mood and things like that can really be a good uh, segue for people to start realizing if they are in fact on a downward spiral. So remembering every day to smile, that's my antidote. Thanks for allowing me to share. America's Supermom, I'm done speaking. I love that. And smiling literally is my favorite. So I wrote all of those down, sleep, mood, your inner voice, laughter, and energy. Um, ooh. That is a, a whole gym drop. So if you didn't write that down, I might make a post about that today. Lachelle, so thank you so much for your share. Tasha, are you back? So I'm back. Sorry, I wasn't sure whether I heard Tasha or another name. Sorry oh, about that. you're fine. We're going to go Tosh. And then we also brought up Laura and Kwani afterwards. Thanks, Joy. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, champions. Morning, Glenn. Um, my name is Tash, and I work i just summarize the whole thing into mind body and soul and i've shared a few times about um having to obviously have a routine like david said just have a routine um and not being being hard on myself if i fall off the wagon i just stick to the routine as much as i can um and then one i've said before is um, opening the bible app as the first thing before i read any messages before i go on social media so read bible um and I do plans on there and then I pray, which inclu includes gratitude and pray praying for other people. And then that's the first. And then the second one is exercising and stretches, although I've now reduced the amount of exercises I do because I did so much during the lockdown that I lost so much weight. I don't think I balanced my, my um, nutrition properly there. And then the third one, which I... I've always, um, I'm now also learning is delegation. And I appreciated yesterday's lesson about the uh, levels of delegation. That was up my street. I was like, oh, yes, 
goodness, thank you. Because when you run a business um, and you've been on your own for such a long time, it's difficult to to let go. And and that really boggles things down. You just feel like the whole world is on your shoulder. So for me to learn the levels of delegate, about I think about six of them. Do as I say, look into this for me. The two, second, third is give me your advice and I'll decide. And then four, explore, five, explore and decide. And then six, here's the outcome, get it done. So that really has helped me that now I know the levels. Although, although I knew about delegation and what I'm doing, but I've always not um, been into details about the, the, the levels of it. So that's really helped me. Um, and one of the reasons why, um, what helps me in terms of exercise and stretches, I do my exercises via Zoom. Uh, because since the gym was closed at the beginning of the lockdown in the UK, we we obviously haven't been going to the gym. So what I do is, yes, I work out from Zoom, but after the school run, another mummy friend of mine, uh, we walk for about 40 minutes around from our estate to another estate and back background. So at least it's nature. I think Nyetta mentioned nature. That's again, that's something that is really good. I love, I love, it's just, it's just nice for the eyes. It's nice for the smell it's a it's a great feeling it's once in a while so it's only twice a week but i'm looking to in, increase it to maybe three to four times a week um and then obviously working from home it doesn't help because i don't go out a lot so that's what i do to help my mentality just to stay sane and to get away from negative people because yes i don't like to say it but I'm, i am surrounded by a lot of negative people in my life be it at home or elsewhere so i try i not i try I am <laughs> uh, surrounding myself with positive people, which means clubhouse and a few chosen people. So thank you. That's me, Tash, in the red dress, red circle. And I'm done for now. Thank you. Hi, good morning. This is Gina. I just wanted to share. Um, I think something that we can all do is tap into your creativity. Find some way every day to be creative or create something even if it's as simple as, you know, drawing a flower on a piece of paper, but just being creative is a really, really great way to, you know, stay focused and find a sense of serenity and peace and calm for mental health. I'm Gina, I'm done speaking. Thank you so much, Gina and Tosh. I love that shared too. One, creativity, huge. I mean, it could even be like a coloring book if you're not um, artistically inclined like myself, but delegation, um, doing things that you can take off your plate um, always makes us feel really alive as well. Um, I think we brought up Laura, the Wonder Woman, and uh, Kwani. We wanted to hear from you guys too, and then we're going to pass it back to Liza. So good morning, Laura. Great to have you here. Um, with Breakfast with Champions, what keeps you mentally clear? Hello, Joey. Thank you for having me here for the opportunity. I just want to share that something happened to me last week. I just want to share with you guys. Uh, I was driving towards home, and then suddenly I realized I was happy. And this was kind of weird thing. Because I just noticed like, okay, I'm driving, I'm health. I came just to my gym uh, training. And then I start talking about, uh, start thinking about last year. I got a very difficult time with my business. I have actually to close my business. 
during the pandemic, I was I needed a surgery, and in the middle of May last year, I got surgery. Thanks God, everything was okay with me. It was not cancer, but at least I was in a very uh, bad situation. And then just to be aware of that, just to be mindful for me, it was like very shocking because I just thought, you know what, last year I was so uh, sad. I was in trouble. My mind, my mind was a totally mess. And today, is the first day that I actually, my mind ju just told me like, you know, Laura, you're happy, you're healthy, you have your life to to just start new, a brand new um, journey for this year. So everything is okay. So I think that thought came to me because I have been practicing meditation and mindfulness uh, exercises for breathing and I think that's uh, a very um, easy way to get into your inner uh, peace and have actually a very positive thought. So that's for me, my two cents I want to share with you guys. Thank you for bringing me, me here. And I'm Laura and I'm done speaking. Laura, what an awesome share. I think sometimes it just hits us. Oh my gosh, I'm actually really happy. And I think if you have experienced any kind of low moments in life where you know you're low, when you get to a place you're like, oh, am I ever going to feel just happy for no reason? So that is so awesome. Maybe you catch yourselves doing just normal things this week and just stop and reflect and say, wow, I'm actually really happy. Um, so thank you for reminding us that sometimes it's driving in your car, or doing the mundane things just to realize that we're so happy. All right, we're going to go. So good morning, Kwani. What do you do to stay mentally clear, my friend? What's up, everybody? It's Kwani Burks. Thanks, Joy. I appreciate it. Um, ESTGM and um, wherever else you are, GM, GA, GN. Um, that means good morning, good afternoon, and good night to the ones that didn't know. But anyways, what your man's QB does to stay mentally clear is this um, this technique I developed called quieting the storm. I actually incorporated it after um, listening to uh, the, the, the NFL analyst, former quarterback, Tony Romo, who's uh, I'm a, I'm a cowboy fan too. So he's, he's actually a better analyst than, quarterback but oh um, bless you <laughs> thank you i need it <laughs> even my, my son even says that <laughs> i didn't even burden my son with the fanhood so oh, um, <laughs> i owe you know it oh um, what's up mike <laughs> uh, so it's called quieting the storm so what, what quieting the storm is is literally shutting silencing bring a bringing everything to a dead stop and silence in my mind and around me so pretty much stopping to smell the roses and, and not just smelling the roses water the roses um appreciating everything around you showing gratitude 
being thankful for everything in my life. You know, my kids, my son right here. I'm dropping him off at his football camp. I love you, boy. Daddy, proud of you. I love you, too. <laughs> Shy guy. But, um, so, yeah, so I, I literally, uh, I was in Georgia this past weekend for my aunt's 100th birthday, and I was driving back to my cousin's house, and uh, this, this uh, guy who uh, I would compare him to Mr. Miyagi because he was selling bonsai trees on the side of the road. And um, I literally got out and bought the bonsai tree that spoke to me. And um, so I'm just, I'm getting into gardening a lot more because I do have a natural green thumb. And that actually helps you quiet the storm too. When you quiet your mind, you slow down everything you, you can control, which is your breathing and your thought process. You can literally reset and take a deep breath and control. So quiet the mind. Your thoughts won't run rampant because ultimately you control them. And nothing's going to change unless you change it. So, you know... Kwani Burks, I'm complete. My man. Kwani, thank you so much for joining us. We're glad your son got to pipe in there too. And we really appreciate that feedback, that quiet time, shutting everything off in our mind so that we can have complete silence. That that can be incredibly impactful on our mental health. We have one minute. I was gonna go ahead and wrap up, but I know Rachel, you wanted to add something very quickly before we finish. If you can do that one minute, I would love to hear from you this morning. Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks, Dr. Rowe. Um, one of the things I want to say, there's three three parts that I think will be really helpful for everyone to keep in mind is to be mentally clear, is to let be, let go, and let in. Let be is accept. Accept the parts of ourselves we don't want to accept, right? Don't just accept the good parts of ourselves. Accept the part of myself that veges out and watches too much Netflix. I accept the part of myself that's grieving. I accept the part of myself that's sad. I accept the part of myself that's angry. I accept the part of myself that doesn't know what to do next or doesn't finish my to-do list. That acceptance is the first part. The, the, the let be. Then we have the let go. What do you need to let go of? What is no longer serving you? Is it a way of thinking? Is it a relationship? Is it a habit? What can you let go of so that you can free yourself up to be able to receive what it is that you want to let in? So whether it's letting in, like Laura said, just recognizing, gosh, I'm feeling happy right now. I'm feeling grateful right now. Um, letting in appreciation, letting in love, letting in um, being able to receive that somebody else wants to support you or help you or speak life over you or encourage you or mentor you or guide you. Um, do you need to just let in the experience of all of your senses over the course of the day and be more mindful and present? So it's from Dr. Rick Hansen, um, one of my great uh, teachers. So it's let be, let go, and let in. And I think that kind of wraps up the conversation today. Thank you so much for squeezing me in. I am Rachel Druckenmiller, and I am complete. Rachel, that is wonderful. Let be, I drop. let go, and let in. That is wonderful. I want to encourage everybody. I want to encourage you who are with us here on Breakfast with Champions this morning to be really um, thoughtful about how mental health affects our lives. You know, I, two things I want to leave us with that have happened in my life over this past year. Uh, a group of us last summer uh, started running a 10K a day for 40 days to support the mental health of our veterans for Operation Restored Warrior, who does incredible work with the veterans in this space around, around mental health for our veterans. Uh, we've also been working uh, hard this year with the Dr. Lorna Breen Heroes Foundation 
And I just wanted to share with you all that there's some legislation being passed this week in the Senate. And Senator Kane from Virginia is one of the co-sponsors. He's here on Clubhouse um, occasionally, uh, has been doing a great job of using Clubhouse to make sure to hear from people about what are important issues in our country. But he is uh, co-sponsoring um, legislation around mental health for our frontline healthcare workers. And it is the Dr. Lorna Breen um, Act. And it is about really taking away the stigma of mental health in our healthcare system that has really become even more apparent during COVID. So keep your eye out for that. Let's continue to support each other. Let's continue to make sure we know it's okay when we're not okay. Doesn't mean that we're not strong. It doesn't mean that we're not amazing. It doesn't mean that we aren't gonna impact this world every moment, but there are times where we need to be able to admit that we're, that we're struggling or that we're not okay and, and reach out for those resources and make sure that there's not a stigma around that. So thank you to everyone who's participated in this conversation this morning around mental health. Joy, thank you for kicking us off. Dr. Janie for the 10 questions. Um, we can share those out. They are 10 fantastic questions to keep us thinking. So uh, good morning, Breakfast with Champions. It's the eight o'clock hour. I am going to pass it over to Justin and Amanda to reset the room and take the conversation in a new direction. You have a tremendous opportunity to reinvent your dealership today, right now, and to not take advantage of it would mean that everything that you just went through and are going through was in vain. How about instead we build something new like Kevin did in Virginia who was up 37% in April or Mike in Wyoming who was up 90% in April or Bob in Kentucky who broke a 60 year record this past January. All of these dealers join the 800% club and together we continue to win. Listen, I've done this before. I've helped build a monster dealership from the inside out and now I want to build one with you, you and your team deserve it. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. And I love you all and have an amazing day. Please, 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 everybody flash your mics for everybody. Dr. Janie, Liza, and Joy, that was a phenomenal session. And what I'm noticing is the consistency. Love you, Liza and Joy. Everybody, everybody on mic. Awesome. Done, you Love you, Thank you, ladies. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. Loved it. Loved it. Awesome. Awesome. And if I if I know people that show up, it's them for sure. And I think I, I almost want to put like a little asterisk above every one of their heads because it impacts me throughout the rest of the day, right? And it's funny how their session leads right into this one. And before we get started, I do want to reset the room really quick. So anybody that's new to this room, this is the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. You tap that little greenhouse at the top, you join the club, you'll be exposed to so many incredible rooms. I mean, I'm typically pretty time blocked, but these guys and guys got me popping in and out of rooms all day long and thinking about things and challenging maybe some of my ideas and my preconceived notions. So I'm very grateful for that. Today's topic is around how fear and failure have shaped your life. And I think that ties in very nicely with mental health and some stories. But before I get started, I am going to increase my audio. An inspiration from my man, Alpha, with the beautiful music he always plays. And this is what we are gonna be talking about. When he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, Told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight. When he 
told you you're not worth When he told you you're not loved When he told you you're not beautiful You'll never be enough I don't know if anybody here has heard that song before, but anytime that I'm fearful, I play it. Anytime that I'm challenged, I play it because the enemy is real and fear is real, right? And fear will stop you from doing the things that you know you want to do. And imagine living a life where you're paralyzed by fear so much of something that may never, ever, ever happen that you don't even take the opportunity to do the things that you wanted to do. Now, this is going to be an interactive episode. I need to know who is actually here because I want to know how fear and failure have shaped your life and changed you. So if everybody can flash their mics and start writing some names down. And okay, I see Amanda. I see Tamara. Tamara first, and then we'll go to Amanda, then Forbes. So Tamara, go ahead. Um, I like to always put a positive spin because that's the only way that we can get through right on all of the points of my life where failure has felt um, plaguing and also understanding that it's an inevitable experience. And so things within um, entrepreneurial settings, things relationally, uh, things within my marriage, putting things before my husband, putting things before my kids, putting things before myself. Um, those are three areas that um, personally I have failed at, but without that testimony, without those pieces of my puzzle, I would not have the empathy that I have today and the ability to serve um, with such soundness because of the times that I, uh, I messed up. Um, and so those are some pieces of, of my story. Thanks for letting me share. This is Tamara. I'm done. I love it. And you're self-aware, right, Tamara? Like you're actually analyzing and looking at what you So much, so much all the time. Amazing. Amanda, what does fear and failure mean to you and how has it shaped your life? Goodness, such a great question. Um, I would say that I, my biggest fear, uh, it happens on a daily basis and it's usually fear of saying yes to the wrong things and no to the right things. Cause we know what we say yes to means we have to say no to something else. I don't necessarily know that it's paralyzing and yet uh, I tend to go analytical and planning um, and, and uh, anticipating what's going to happen. And uh, I can totally overanalyze that. Am I saying yes to the right things, which is, is causing me to say no, uh, you know, maybe to the wrong things or maybe to the right things. And so in those moments, you know, it's funny because I, I, I think I've shared this before in this room. I've always been someone who just goes 90 to nothing. I never stop to smell the roses. And like Kwani said, I sure as heck have never stopped to water the roses. And I'm learning that. I'm learning that as I get older and I'm learning that as I get, as I grow mentally. And 
I'm also learning that like really being in tune with who you are. So in those moments when I feel overwhelmed and I'm really analyzing, is this the right thing? Am I going to miss out on an opportunity? I just take a deep breath and I really center myself and I, I give it up to God, honestly, because I could rack my brain going left and right. What ifs? How about, oh, this could happen. What if, what if, what if? And yet in those moments, I just center myself and I have to trust him and I have to trust my, my instincts and, and they haven't really steered me wrong this far. So that's how I handle it. I think being aware of the blue ocean and the things in your life that maybe you're not paying attention to while you're doing the things that you are paying attention to is critical and making those adjustments and not being stuck on that one path. Like Alpha said, right? You don't have to be just one thing. And Forbes, I saw you flash your mic. Anybody else flash your mics? I'll add you to the list. But Forbes, I am so curious how fear and failure have shaped your life as well. Oh, my goodness. What a great conversation this morning. I was in the last hour and just listening and so inspired by all the things people are doing. You know, as I stood atop a couple of hundred feet high mountain three days ago in Costa Rica wearing a one suit, a one suit head down, lying on a, like a massage table, about ready to fly over at 500 feet over the ground on a zip line about 100 miles an hour. Somebody said to me, were you scared? And I thought, uh, no, actually, uh, that actually didn't even enter my mind until you just said it, that there is no, you don't do that kind of a thing if you're fearful. And what, what is fear? So fear would be like, is it going to break? Am I going to die? Or am I going to have the most amazing ride and pretend that I'm Superwoman or, or, you know, Tony Stark for a minute and just fly like a bird? And so it's funny how you have a suitcase in your brain. You can pack in whatever you want. And I often tell people, because I teach a lot of public speaking, and I've been on stage my entire life, someone said to me, why don't you get any, like, stage fright when you walk out? I said, I don't have time to stage fright because I'm so busy doing something. I've been on Broadway. You don't walk out to be on stage. You walk out to go tell the other characters that there's a fire in the thing or whatever it is you're actually doing. If I'm walking on stage in front of... I think we lost you there. Maybe it's just me. Can anybody hear I can hear you, Justin. I think Forbes went um, either skydiving or ziplining. We lost her. (laughs) Man, I was living vicariously through her. I know. All right. Who else wants to share? Fear and failure. I'm scrolling the screen. I'm trying to see some mic flashes here. We got Alpha in the room. My boy, Alpha. Fear and failure. Then Dr. Jamie. And then Dr. Well, I see failure more like Tony Robbins would say as an outcome. It's just a result of something I did. They produced that result. It wasn't the one I wanted. It's all good. Now I know not to do that. It's when you don't know not to do that after you just did that, and then you're leaning into insanity mode, right? I'm going to try a little bit harder the exact same thing when it didn't work the first 12, 13, 14, 15 times. It doesn't work. That's all it comes down to. It doesn't work. As far as fear... Fear just being a feeling, sometimes mistaken excitement for fear, especially when you want to speak. I don't get nervous because I'm just talking to humans, and I'm a human. That's it. So it's no reason to be nervous. You're not even here. I'm standing here by myself. There's no stage. There's just a room, and I live here. So it's no reason to be afraid of that. But as far as fear and talking to people or doing certain things, you're just going to live your life either way until you don't. So you may as well live. Usually what you fear is what you should go towards. And I can't say it any other way. I will slow dance with fear every day. I will ask it, what are you here to tell me? 
And if it won't tell me, I will face fear until fear is afraid to face me. Back to you, Justin. I appreciate you so much, brother. I just saw GC enter the room. Grant Cardone, how are you doing, my brother? Yo, guys, how's it going? Good to see everybody, this, hear everybody this morning. We appreciate you. We're having a quick discussion about how fear and failure has shaped our lives. What does that mean to you? Whoa. Uh, man, I, you know, I'm not big on the failure thing. I don't like that a lot. But I, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to have the fear. If, if I just keep pushing through it and don't and don't think that I'm failing, but rather like I just haven't gotten where I want to get yet. I hadn't gotten my deal yet. I hadn't gotten it done yet. If I don't quit, I can't fail. So, uh, but you got to push through the fear of disappointment, the fear of discouragement, the fear of, of what other people are going to say, the fear of, you know, I mean, it's an endless list of, I remember I was 45 years old. I was consumed with fear on a daily basis. And uh, it's, uh, once I, once I got, once I really committed to like, okay, I got to handle this thing now. Uh, I went on a spiritual pursuit at 45 years old to literally erase the fear from my life, at least get it down to, to levels that were, manageable yeah and brielle was talking about that earlier right she was talking about how chasing diamonds the ones you can buy in the store is one thing but you know i think pressure forming diamonds those are the diamonds that i want so i appreciate you brother dr janey i know you were next up what does fear and failure mean to you and how has it helped to shape your life and turn you into a diamond great conversation justin and great comments uh grant and alpha you know, two things come to mind. The first thing comes to mind relationally is fear of doing what was best for me as far as boundaries or moving people from the front row of my life to the balcony because I was afraid of hurting them. I was fearful of hurting them when essentially having them close to me or in my life was hurting me. So I think of fear, I think about those times just relationally where I didn't serve myself and I ended up uh, further hurting myself by not facing the fear and not worrying about hurting someone else, but putting myself first and what was good for me. And then when it comes to failure, my thought went exactly to when I was an undergrad, I literally failed calculus. And I remember being so ashamed and not wanting to share with my friends. We're all taking calculus together and I didn't want to share with them. And then I remember like one day, you know, I just kind of got put on the spot about the next um, semester and I had to come clean and let every let my friends know that I had failed calculus. And I remember sitting in class, Justin, at one point and I had one of my good friends next to me and I was tempted to cheat. I was tempted to look over at their exam because I knew that I was struggling, but I didn't do it and I ended up failing. And then when I had that conversation, the shame lifted because they were like, <laughs> you know, another one in the in the crew had failed and it was not a big deal. So sometimes that failure is an internal process and we create the monster within us and it's really more normalized and we're more accepted than we are. So those are the two examples that came to mind and I wanted to share that because I know someone probably is relating to that. Thank you, Justin and Amanda, for this conversation. Great conversation. This is Dr. Janie. I appreciate you, Janie. Actually, that spoke right to me, to my heart. I've shared this in this room before, but I used to struggle with heavy, heavy, heavy opioid addiction. Almost killed me twice. Been sober over a decade, but I remember 
when I quit substances and treating my body like an amusement park, you know, I was worried that my buddies were going to give me a hard time about going out with them and not drinking and this, that, and the other. And, you know, whatever's good for whoever, that's their walk. I just know that it doesn't suit my personality. Hundreds of people that I've gone out with, one person in my entire life said something negative to me. One person, and that person did not want what was best for me. So you'd be very surprised how little the people around you are going to judge you as hard as you're going to judge yourself. So thank you for that share, Janie. Dr. Rowe, fear and failure, How? what does it mean to you? Thank you, Dr. Janie, for those incredible nuggets. And thank you, Justin, for allowing me to speak. Uh, fear for me is uh, finding excuses and rationalizing. That is something that I wrote in my first book. And a lot of times I would say these committee meetings in my head and tell myself what I couldn't do and already have the excuse there before it even happened. It's important to get that out of your brain, know that you can do it and you have the power with divine help, but also support around you. Secondly, um, my dad used to tell me when I was young that, um, and this is correlation to movies, but I, I uh, say it to life, PG is pure garbage and R would be raunchy. So I take that precedent in everything I do in life, no matter if it's who I surround myself with, what I tell myself, my personal space, what I do in life. I'm not perfect, but I unapologetically say, unapologetically say no to things that would be pure garbage and erase any kind of raunchiness around me. And that helps to keep that fear from taking precedent in my mind and in my heart. With that, this is Dr. Rowe. Thank you, Justin, uh, for having me. Oh, we appreciate you. It's funny. I said this to my wife last week. We actually went camping, took a couple of days off. And, you know, I told her the reason we went camping was literally this room. And I told her it was innocuous. I didn't even realize how it happened, but it was listening every single day about being a better father and making time and all of the impact that all of you had on me. I was going into, we lost a family member last week and I was going into this wormhole of getting back to work and all the work things. I'm like, you know what? My wife just went through something very hard. I'm stopping everything and I'm taking them camping. And as we were on the road trip, I was like, you know what's funny? She's like, what's that? I'm like, you know that guy, Glenn, I interviewed on my podcast in that room I do every morning because she knows everything. I, I share everything with my wife. I'm like, you should probably thank them because they're the reason that I stopped what I was doing and cleared my schedule and now we are on this trip. And it's fascinating how the things that you ingest and the things that you're putting into your mind on a daily basis, what you're putting into your body on a daily basis and what you are putting out into the world on a daily basis will come full circle and they're the building blocks of who, who you're becoming. And the person you were is not the person that you are going to be. And nobody can define who that person is but yourself and by the people around you. So Amanda, back to you, because I know you run towards the failure. And then we'll kick it over to you, Crystal, because I just saw you on mic. But Amanda, when you identify failure and you run towards it, because we've talked about this before, how do you do that? Where do you get the courage to run towards the failure? Yeah, great question, Justin. And I'll tell you, I was not always that way. And it still is uncomfortable. Every day, though, I'm just okay with being uncomfortable. And uh, it it's definitely simple. And yet, it, I feel like it does get easier every day. Um, while I'm in Tampa Bay, Florida now, 10 years ago, I came from a small town in Alabama. So when you talk about true Southern Bells, I mean, that's how I grew up. 
and we don't we don't talk about the bad things we don't air our dirty laundry everything is fine it is just fine it's going to be just fine we are fine and you never spoke about that and the irony in that is you know as humans we naturally our ego gets the best of us usually and remember ego isn't just this this you know bad pompous thing it's also it's also that thing inside of us that has fear of being judged fear of rejection you know all that is ego and we usually lead with that we don't want to get vulnerable or it's harder for us to get vulnerable because of that fear of being judged or being rejected and because i also grew up that way um, i could tell you about all the amazing things that i did and what i was really great at and yet i just would completely shut down if you asked me what I did wrong or how I failed. And it was about five years ago, I was uh, in a class. It was, it was actually a, a conference I went to. And the keynote speaker, um, they, they were leading with all the failures that they had in their life and how they got to where they were. And it was an aha moment for me. And, and my thought was, wow. Like, I would not know what I know. I would not be exposed to what I've been exposed to. I would not have grown in the way that I did if I didn't have courageous people in my world, on stages, at conferences that were okay being vulnerable and leading with their failures so that I could learn and grow from them. And what a travesty if I didn't give that back to the people that I know. And like I said, it's, it's, it's a simple concept and yet it's, it's not easy. And yet now, oh my gosh, I could tell you about everything that I've done wrong. And for me, it's failing forward. I look for the failure. How quickly can I fail so that I can move forward? Right. Um, and so, so it was just a huge mindset shift five years ago. And, and now it's not very often that you'll hear me talk about anything good that I do. I just talk about what I did wrong, how you can learn from it, and uh, not make the mistakes that I do. I love that. And fear is only as big as you're going to let it be, right? I, I find if you can look at fear and failure through the lens of somebody who's maybe steps ahead of you, a lot of times you look back and like, oh, that's adorable. This seems to be such a big deal to me right now. But think back into all of your lives to fear and failure that at the time was terrifying and scary and what are people going to think and all the all the things and does it even register now or is it adorable crystal i want to go back to you because i saw you on mic did you have something to add to the conversation so molly i see you flashing your mic down there uh, yes, I'm just loving this conversation. I think it's such an important topic to discuss because the more you talk about the failures, the less stigma there is around them and you can have such strength with it. I did a post I think just yesterday or two days ago about it. I say all the time that you know my whole life is out of my comfort zone. I'm an introvert living an extroverted life. And so I face fear on the daily like I know so many of us do. And I told the story of, I used to wear, I still wear it, but I had this cuff that I used to wear all the time. It says the word fearless engraved in it. And I would look at it like I was Wonder Woman. It was like a Wonder Woman cuff that I would wear all the time. And I, I wore it expecting to be without fear. I thought it would give me some magic power. And what I realized in a time when I was really faced with fear and being in front of the camera and all that stuff was that it's, you're never without fear. You just learn how to fear less. And that's okay. And you learn to dance with the fear 
and you use it as excitement instead of looking at it as the worst case scenario, you look at it as the best case scenario. And so, um, sorry, I'm out of breath, I'm running to the airport. Um, but it's just an important mindset shift. Of, we're, we keep waiting for there to be no fear or for fear to not show up in our life instead of learning just to live with it and to fear less and dance with it in your life and use it as a positive and use that excitement to look at the best case scenario. As Mark Twain said, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happen. And what you're explaining to me actually makes me think about something I want to share with everybody. Um, there's a sport called jujitsu, and I'd recommend jujitsu or any martial arts to anybody or anybody with children that, you know, maybe struggling with bullying or self-identity and whatnot. And the reason that I share that is, you know, jujitsu is called the gentle art for a reason, right? I've been training for a very long time and the guys I train with are much better than me, right? And the one thing you learn going into jujitsu, it's terrifying the first time you walk in, right? Because the whole sport is based around the ability to end somebody's life, right? But it, it's the gentle art because you can put submissions in place without actually hurting anybody at all, right? It is very surprising. I roll with guys that are 60, 70, you know, one of the top, 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 top guys was in his 90s and he was still rolling, right? So you can still do it and learn the techniques. But what it is, is it humbles you and it makes you realize, just like Alpha said, and picturing that little kid that's learning to walk and running around like looking like they're gonna face plant or they're drunk, the more they do it, the better they get. And a black belt is just a white belt that didn't stop showing up. Most people make it to blue belt and then they give up. There's a joke in jujitsu that, you know, if, if you make it past blue belt, you're probably gonna get to purple belt. And if you can make it to purple belt, you'll be a black belt one day. But the fraternity that jujitsu provides and the realizing that we are all the same, right? Where as one of my buddies says, we're all bare bums in the shower. I don't care if you have $14 billion in the bank account or you have nothing. At the end of the day, we are all people and we're all trying to get this, through this together. But what you exemplified, Molly, was that showing up regardless of the fear is something that you need to just build as a habit. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy when I started. And some of the guys I train with, and I don't like name dropping, but for context, Mark Hominick, one of the top striking guys on the planet, ex-UFC fighter, Sam Stout, a legend in the sport, Chad LaPreece, all of these guys, you know, I, I respect a lot because they still show up and they're still, I'm sure, scared when they walk into the ring, right? They, they show up regardless of the fear. Courage is not ignoring fear and running headlong in. Courage is acknowledging that the fear is there, but pushing forth regardless. We got a couple minutes left here. Anybody want to flash their mics and talk about fear and failure before we wrap up the session? Vernita Adele. Go ahead, my sister. For this conversation, Vernita Adele here. Um, excited to tap in and ooh, definitely have had my share of failures along the way, but I have learned over time to reframe them as uh, learning opportunities. And I think for many of us, what I wanted to add is how important it is to step away from that sense that I had a sense of, of victimhood when it came to failing, that I, I really had a hard time rather than being able to take self-responsibility of not just there might be things that I didn't know or there were things that I needed to learn. I often wanted to put those failures in some type of external bucket, some type of external force was a it made an impact on that failure and i've learned over time it's like 
I'm not a victim. It really is part of our journey. Each of us are being given a gift through these failures to get uh, more knowledge, more experience, an opportunity to grow, to improve our character. And I love what was said earlier around letting go of the stigma of failure. It also resonated with me. We were talking earlier now, you know, shout out to Dr. Janie, you know, just like we are doing work to let go of the stigma around mental health, the stigma around talking about uh, quote unquote uncomfortable conversations, breaking the stigma around talking about racism and all that we need to do so that we can truly create uh, equity in this country. All of it is tied together with this idea of opportunities and gifts to learn to become better people. So I'm not a victim. These are opportunities to learn and we all have gifts to give. And so that's what I thought I'd to add. Thank you, Justin, Vernita, for speaking for the moment. I see you, Vernita. And I think that was very, very well said. And I think we all need to open our eyes and have conversations and, and listen to other people right? Listen to their fears, be there to grab their hand and help them along when maybe they don't see in themselves what you see in them. So nothing more inspiring than Breakfast with Champions. Glenn, are you kicking around, brother? I'm not sure who we're kicking this off to at 830, but I didn't know if you were around, my man. I'm here. I'm here. Hey, kicking this and before you pass it on, can I just say one thing? This is Tony Mo here. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. Um, for fear for me is a faith activator. So, um, when my back is against the wall and I don't know what to do, then that really, I, I, I have faith, but it really kicks my faith in um, overdrive. This is Tony Moore, I'm complete. I love it. Overdrive. So everybody kick it into overdrive. Thank you so much, Glenn. I'm going to hand this mic back off to you, my brother. Hey, Justin, I up his camera. Tamara. Yeah, yeah, oh, Tamara's coming up. Tamara's coming up. I'm coming just, up. I'm coming up. Glenn, you yeah. want to do a, a reset in your the way you do it so well? <laughs> Let's do a quick reset. Yes, indeed. First, I want to say thank you, Justin. Great segment. Sorry. Literally. You know how those, uh, what are those things called where like one thing knocks over another thing and then another thing? You know what Domino. I'm talking about? Dominoes. Domino effect. No, no, no. Chain reaction. No, those big ones where like a ball spins around on a string that hits another thing that hits a, a cone. wrecking ball. <laughs> no, then it like hits a cone and then it makes a book and then a duck goes quacking across the thing. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's a What's that? Rube Goldberg machine. Yes, that's exactly what, what I was looking for. Thank you for not making me look absolutely crazy on here. So. That's what just happened here in my closet. Like the book fell, knocked the change, knocked the jar, knocked the phone, knocked the thing, the thing, the thing. So with that said, <laughs> thank you for an incredible segment. Been an incredible morning here on Breakfast with Champions. Joy and Liza always bringing it. My man Alpha brought it a little bit earlier. Justin and Amy bringing it. The, or sorry, and Amanda bringing it this section, which I appreciate. And now we're going to be bringing up the one and only Miss Tamara Andres. So before I do, this is Breakfast with Champions, Millionaire Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table to hang out with those that are doing some of the things that you know you can do that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We are here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 5 a.m. till 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're also here Saturdays from six to noon. And don't forget, 
the fabulous club 111 that is on sundays at 111 p.m eastern time that is our full-on sunday service with the sermon worship time prayer all that good stuff so if that's your jam you definitely want to tune in we are the biggest breakfast table in the world and the most inspirational room on clubhouse and that's what we do every day is we bring motivation education inspiration thought-provoking conversations and an opportunity to connect and network with other like-hearted individuals yes i said like-hearted not necessarily like-minded it's okay for us to not believe the same things we all come from different backgrounds we walk different we talk different we look different that part's cool but when it comes to the heart this is a group of like hearted individuals so make sure you connect with the person sitting to your left to your right in front of you behind you even on the corners follow those people not only will it enhance your experience right here on clubhouse but you never know you might get an opportunity to serve one of them or one of them might get an opportunity to serve you and that's what it's all about of course you're going to want to follow our club up there in the corner so you don't ever miss any of our rooms and with that said i'm going to bring on the one and only miss tamara andrus hit the plus button hit the plus button hit the plus button let's go hello girl. that's so fun you guys he's so good at what he does it's it's literally amazing i learn from you every day glenn thank you so much for your energy you're always bringing i will match it in this next segment and as we talked a lot about this week and um i told you guys earlier when glenn was sharing his kiddos with us uh earlier in the week hold on glenn i think you're i might i'm muting you brother but i love you um was i was i was really just resonating over father's day and then my little guy walked downstairs this morning as glenn was sharing again and i realized holy cow it's not just father's day it's also my son's eighth birthday and this little guy has lived quite the life um and i want to share with you guys today eight beliefs that you can hold on to personally and professionally from my eight-year-old son, Cooper. Um, and so this might sound juvenile, but these are huge concepts and they're concepts that he inspires me with every single day. And so it's gonna be a quick list, um, but I want you guys to be able to ask yourself these questions at the end of every one of them. And we're gonna round it out as Alpha always does with a song that uh, literally touches our lives and he knows every single word too. So number one, your size does not define you. If you mess with a bull, you will get the horns, my Hassan told me this morning. Ironically, Justin, after he was at jujitsu last night. And so he said, Mom, somebody was coming up against me on the mat. And I told him when he got me mad that when you mess with the bull, you get the horns. And I just started laughing. I'm like, that's awesome. You're eight and you're tiny. Actually, you're not yet eight. You're still seven. And so what I want you to know in this, both personally and professionally, no matter what your title is, no matter what your size is, your physical size or your physical placement in a profession, it does not define you because your spirit man can be stronger, it can be mightier, it can be braver, it can be bolder than the size that confines you. So my question in this, how are you growing your spirit man to precede your actual physical man onto the mat every single day? The mat of your personal life and the mat of your professional life. Number two from Coop is your laugh is a super quality. Lean into it. I have so many people in my life that if I hear them laugh, regardless if I saw their face, I would be able to pinpoint exactly who they are. My mom has a best friend. Her name is Roz and she's Scottish. And anytime I hear her laugh, it literally echoes in my spirit. 
My son is a giggle monster. He loves to make people laugh. Here's his best joke. Are you ready? Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. What lion never roars? Anybody got it? No one? A dandelion. A dandelion. <laughs> That's funny. Right? Come on, use that today. See? Listen to those giggles. You guys, giggling, laughing, it's not just for kiddos. We should be doing this on a consistent basis. So I want you guys today sometime to look up a joke. And whether you use the joke that you just borrowed from Cooper or you find a new joke, I want you to share it with someone else. When I was in leadership training, um, when I was in high school, we would do this thing called a laugh line, which is already outside of our norm and comfort zone. We would lay um, head to belly, head to belly in like a crazy dynamic of a line. You can imagine it kind of looks like a staircase once you do it. Uh, Imagine doing this in your corporate office. This would be comical. Um, Get outside ground and do it. That would be even more fun. And so one person starts and you say something funny and you have the next person repeat that funny line. It could be a phraseology. It could be the joke. It could be another joke. And as people laugh, you're actually feeling their body move. You're actually feeling what that laughter is doing to their spirit. And so laughter is not confined like words can sometimes be. It actually is a part of the energy that you are giving to everyone around you. So my question is, when is the last time you intentionally set out to laugh? Not just by happenstance, but you intended to laugh. Have you booked a show to a comedy club? Have you uh, asked someone what's your favorite joke? Have you sat down to listen to your favorite comedian? Number three is your body is beautiful. Own your confidence. My son is like a little Mowgli. If you've ever seen a picture of him, he walks around barefoot. We go to stores often barefoot. He never has a shirt on if he doesn't have to. Even um, on his way to school, he'll wait to put it on sometimes. And he doesn't, unlike Mowgli, wear a little sarong when he is in the comfort of our own house. This boy would be naked all day, every day if I let him. He also has really long hair. And so truly, when you think of Mowgli, that is Cooper. And um, he is so confident. He is so confident in being naked. And I don't know how many of you guys can actually raise your hand and say that. Whether it's your mirror moment or you're walking around your house on a consistent basis naked. Um, I have a friend, Mayan, who is in the social media club and a part of my mastermind um, with Mike Zeller. And when I got to know her, she said when she first started living with her spouse, they were naked all day, every day. And at the time, she was actually like creating these um, little vials that were a part of smoking. And yeah, it's a whole conversation. She lives where it's legal. It's okay. But anyway, she ended up um, burning herself uh, in a gas explosion. And um, she was naked. So imagine what that burn looked like. But guess what? There was a blessing and her ability to be comfortable in her own skin. Because had she been wearing clothes, the damage from that burn could have been insanely monumental but the scarring wasn't nearly as bad and they were able to recover. So I want you to be challenged in the knowing that there's freedom 
in your physical space. God created you like that. We're not in the Garden of Eden anymore, so we do have to put on clothes when we go outside. My kid still pees in the yard, so I'll find him. What are you doing, child? Eventually, you're going to get a ticket for that. Your hiney's still cute, but you can't do that. It's this recognizing of the fact that your body is beautiful and you can own your confidence. So my question is, when you stand in front of the mirror today, what will you say? Number four, the belief personally and professionally that you can hold on to. You are in control of your mind. Design its landscape. So Dr. Janie said the word earlier about monsters. And I think monsters, when you're a child, really do exist. And then monsters, as you get older, they might shift or change. And in the biblical or Christian perspective, there's this enemy. There's this principality. There are people warring, spirits warring against ourselves, against our mind. People get stuck in depression and anxiety and all of the mental health battles that we know to be true. And I'm not saying that those monsters or those enemies don't exist. In fact, the contrary. But your responsibility in that is knowing that if your mind is a battlefield, you have the ability to armor up, to exist in the strength that you already have access to. And if you don't have access to that strength, borrow mine. Or if you're like Cooper, create a pillow border around your bed every single night with all of your stuffed animals, with all of the pillows that are the excess throw pillows that us women for some reason buy and it just drives you crazy when you have to make the bed in the morning. He's afraid of something in the dark. And so he positions himself in a very safe place to help control his mind. He positions himself next to his father. How beautiful is that? (laughs) With my daughter, with a wall, she just said. She positions, he positions himself next to his father. So you might not live with your daddy anymore, but like Glenn told us this morning, your father is with you. Are you positioning yourself there? What walls are you creating that keep your mind sound? Design its landscape, choose happiness and joy as your perspective instead of fear like we just talked about. Faith first. Faith will trump fear every single time if you allow it to. So my question to number four is, what boundaries are you creating to protect yourself? And where have you positioned yourself in order to protect yourself? Number five from my little guy is that you are always becoming. This is the title, actually, of the book that I've been writing for what feels like eternity, but it's really only been three years. It's just the storyline, right? That does feel like a long time. There's a prop plane going by. I hope you can hear it. (laughs) Stand by. So you're always becoming. So during COVID, um, we had a choice, right? We had a choice that we could stay inside. Some of us felt really forced in staying inside. Both perspectives may be your truth. And a part of that in knowing that it's so important for us to move our body and movement is a part of our growth, not just physically, but spiritually, I decided to sign Cooper up for uh, dance or what is it? Break dancing lessons. And no one other than Joelle, who was the flash mob choreographer, was his coach. 
and I watched my son week by week develop something new in the becoming process of the dance moves that I knew he already innately had. He definitely has rhythm. He is unlike my daughter and husband who got the opposite. And he is willing to try something outside of his comfort zone. Are you? He's evolving even in that knowing. And so as we transitioned out of dance, he has evolved into the fact that he wants to become a singer. Darian, I need to get Darian's contact, Glenn. <laughs> and in knowing that he can. And he has the ability to do that because he leans into it. And so now instead of practicing dancing, he's been practicing his sound. And I love witnessing it because it's obviously the sound of a seven-year-old, soon to be eight but it brings fresh joy every time he does it. And now what's happening is he's paralleling his dance moves, the thing he learned in the past to the thing he's focusing on today. So my question in your becoming is what places personally and professionally can you develop? What new tools can you add to your tool belt to become the next best version of yourself? Your hobbies, your interests, your passions, they're not just purpose to bring you joy in the moment. They're actually purpose to bring joy to the kingdom. They're actually purposed uniquely for you as an opportunity for you to serve somebody else. He might never take the Broadway stage. He might never take a role as an actor or a backup dancer or a lead singer. But his pursuit of his passion brings me joy every single day. And it brings everyone who knows him joy every single day. So enhance them, not just for yourself, but enhance those things in your becoming pattern for others to okay. serve. Number six, your boundaries are yours to define. So my son at the age of two, when we started taking him to parks and he could walk and waddle and all of those things, we would let him get up on the playground as you traditionally would, but he never saw the confines of the structure or the rules and regulations as the way he was going to play. He immediately started climbing on the outside of the playground and other parents were super concerned and they would come up and protect him. And my husband and I would, we would stay a couple feet behind, obviously in the safe zone, but not the helicopter parent. And we would allow him to do the thing that was abnormal. And we would allow other people to witness not only his bravery, but his ability. And the fact that there's actually a lot of fun mechanisms to playgrounds on the outside of what you think is how you play. You're taught to swing on a swing in a certain way, but how much more fun is it to flip upside down or to stand up or to swing and jump off at the highest point? So my question is what rules are you following that have no purpose in your life, that limit your ability for creativity? Are you missing out by coloring within the lines? Change your perspective of rule. Change your perspective of boundary. Number seven, what are you, or I'm sorry, you are motivating others in the mist. Number seven, you are motivating others in the mist. This is a truth. It's not a what if, you currently are motivating someone, personally or professionally, mind, body, soul, or spirit. 
And the belief, if you hold on to this, is that your courage is contagious. My husband is an avid hiker, and those that got to meet him in Colorado got to know that he went on uh, the summit, the second highest summit in the world, in the world, not the world, in the United States. (laughs) And he did this by leaving at 1 a.m. in the morning driving two hours and meeting the summit by 8 a.m., watching the sunrise on his hike up, but having a headlamp to get up. And he was down by noon. He had lived an entire adventure, an entire day before some teenagers I know that aren't even awake. He saw from a new perspective and in that love of passion, of hiking, he's brought my son along the journey. And he, my son, started hiking at four And he has achieved one of the hardest rock scrambles in Virginia. I know we have a lot of people in Virginia in this room. So if you've never hiked Old Rag, it's right outside of Culpeper, Virginia. It's absolutely amazing. It's a rock scramble. And recently we decided to take my siblings and their spouses up to this rock scramble. And we did it in the same way that Gary did. We got everybody headlamps and we left before first light and so that we could watch the sunrise at the top. And the entire time they doubted themselves. They said, no way could Cooper do this. Guess what? The name kept them going forward because they wanted to turn around because they didn't believe in themselves. They borrowed Cooper's confidence. He motivated them even when he wasn't present. And I think David Goggins does this all the time. I think Joy and all of the people doing 75 Hard have been doing this. They've been borrowing somebody else's motivation to get them through the thing. And so my question when it comes to the fact that you're already motivating people in the mist is what do you consistently do that sharpens others around you? Iron sharpening iron like I shared before. And lastly, from my little seven-year-old, soon to be eight tomorrow, in the eight beliefs of what you can hold on to personally and professionally, is to pace yourself. He is equally good at jujitsu and hiking and running around the yard naked and doing all the things as he is at resting. He is my little snuggle bug. He will kick his feet up with a bowl of air popped popcorn And he will lean into me and he will watch a movie, as Glenn was saying, over and over. He loves to rest. And if it isn't for his rest, if it wasn't for his rest, he wouldn't be able to be as energetic as he is. He has to know that his batteries have an expiration date and that they need to be charged. And so he also, a part of his lack of wardrobe, I should say, His first choice of outfit of apparel would be a full zipped up pajama set, head to toe. He loves them, comfy, year round. It's 90 degrees outside, it's 100 degrees outside and this kid is running around in a full up zip up pajama set. He looks like a football or a soccer ball or Chewbacca. And while I wouldn't encourage you to do the same, I would encourage you to rest. And so my question is, will you do yourself a favor and take after Cooper and choose to have a pajama day? Will you plan it? Will you put it in your schedule? Will you time block? 
I know that there are so many business leaders, so many entrepreneurs, so many incredible people who impact on a consistent basis. And you feel like the Energizer Bunny. And you have this sense that I'm going to burn out. You feel overwhelmed. And so I would encourage you to take the break before that happens. Pop that bowl of popcorn, go to that movie theater, take a time out. And to wrap all of these things up is the one final belief that ties it all with the ribbon. In order for you to activate in all of these things, that your size does not define you, that your laugh is a super quality, lean into it, that your body is beautiful, so own your confidence, that you are in control of your design its landscape, that you are always becoming, that your boundaries are yours to define, that you are motivating others in the mist, and that you have a choice to pace yourself, is that you have to become a man or a woman of your word. As you're saying these things in your head, as you're writing them down, as you're processing, yes, I can do that. I can research a joke and share it with someone. I can intentionally sell it out for laughter, for adventure, for pacing. You have to stick to it. And you have to know that these things are not just for you. They're for every single person you're connected to. And Cooper is about to meet a lot of people in his life. He's already impacted so many. And so have you. But are you? a man or a woman of your word. This new Maverick City song, Man of Your Word, echoes in our house when we go on bike rides, it's blaring from our bikes and it's in his spirit. And so I hope today's message from Cooper's heart to yours meets you well. Well done. <laughs> encourage you guys to go and put that on repeat in your ears as you say yes to the adventures of life that are before you, but also the recognition that you are already that person that you want to become. It is already within you. And if one of these eight things really inspired you today, I hope you activate. And I would love, as we have five more minutes to this segment, to hear as you are processing your own child, or perhaps even the child within yourself, are there any lessons we can learn from your children? Perhaps a father or two can share as it is Father's Day weekend. 
any flashing What's mic. Go ahead, Kiani. What's up, Tamara? Um, what's up, everybody? It's Kwani Burks again. Thank you. Uh, what song was that? That is Man of Your Word by Maverick City, featuring Man. Chandler Moore and KG Scriven. It is rad. Yeah, I, I only got a snippet of that, and I love it already. Um, is that contemporary gospel, or what's that? Sure is. Sure is. Yeah, that's my jam. Um, thank you for sharing that. And uh, what I, what I've, you know, like when I break it all the way down, everything that I do in business, career, life, mentally, spiritually, physically, um, biohacking, all that is so that I can be a better father. And um, the thing that I've noticed lately is that um, the way I was raised, um, my my father, I've probably seen my father, I don't know, once a year from three to uh, 15. And then, so pretty much in my like late teenage years, my 20s, and uh, up until the time he passed, I pretty much I didn't start getting real close to my dad until, you know, the last 15 years, which is which is critical. You know, every every man, every boy, every every kid, they they want to be around their father or whatever. But um, thing I noticed with my kids is that like especially my son and the reason I brought this up where I was raised, it was a lot of tough love for the boy. Like I knew my granddad loved me and everybody loved me. Um, but it wasn't always like sweet unless it was coming from my mom or something like that. You know, it was a lot of tough love. And I noticed how I am with my girls as opposed to how I am with my boy. And what I've been noticing lately is that sometimes I may appear too aggressive to my son or too hard on my son. And I tell him all the time, like, look, that's not what it is at all. I, this is just how daddy comes off, but it's just tough love. You know, you're a man. It, it, this world is not nice at all. There's going to be things out here and you think this is tough. If you're not mentally prepared for it, you, you, you know, you, you'll have a hard time than you think you will. And, um, I can attest to things in life that I've been through and that I'm going through so I can prepare them. But I notice how I say it to my girls or how I elaborate to my girls and how they receive it and implement it quickly as opposed to my son who who's who's kind of defiant a little bit, but he's he he still takes heat. He's one of those uh he's one of those kids where I'd be like, hey, don't do it like that. And he does it like that. And it either doesn't happen or it happens. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's yeah. literally like 50-50. He, he, like, I'll tell, I'll say, hey, don't throw a behind-the-back pass with your eyes closed. You know, Patrick Mahomes is, is one in a million. Then, But I'll say you can't consistently do it. I'll tell him he can't do it. It's just it won't consistently work. And then he'll do it, and then it works. And I'm like... <laughs> 
Isn't it interesting? I think it's so true that like everyone receives from different people differently and our same exact tone doesn't meet my daughter the way that it meets my son. And so I think as a lesson learned, it's the same thing in our personal and professional lives when it comes to relationships that we have outside of fatherhood and motherhood is knowing that our tone matters and that we have to be really conscientious of how it's received. And then, like you said, how it's activated. And so I know I learn every single day what not to do just as much as I learn what to do. And so I'm so grateful to you and excited um, to see you continue to lean in. So happy Father's Day. And so I want to be mindful of everybody's time. It is 9 a.m. on the hour. Thank you for spending the last uh, 30 minutes with me and my eight-year-old Coop. If you guys want those notes, you can DM me and I will send you the list of eight and the bonus one. Who's up next in Breakfast with Champions? Tim's story. That was good. I heard another voice. Whose voice was that? That was Dr. Janie saying Tim's story is up. Yay. Ladies and gentlemen. But listen, that was that was fantastic. Very, very good. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. I want to talk a little bit about um, believing, expecting, receiving, becoming, releasing miracles. And this is a subject that we've been on for many, many weeks you're going to love where I'm going with this today. This whole idea that life can be magical is real. And you guys are living it. But we also have difficult days. I don't know how you woke up today. I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know what your schedule is going to be like. I don't know what kind of disappointments you've had, detours, delays. But in the midst of that, isn't it awesome to think that today I can still believe? Today, I can still believe. Today, I can still expect miracles. A miracle is something that is supernatural, extraordinary, uncommon, not regular. So I'm going to talk like this for about 10 minutes, and then we're going to open it up. So So you can believe in miracles. You can expect them. Before you You can receive them. What's that? I said before you start, Tim, this is Glenn, and I just want to oh, Glenn. I just want right. to let you know I woke up excited because it's Tim's Story Thursday up in here in Breakfast with Champions, so thank you for that. Yes, sir. Glenn, you could interrupt me anytime. If I'm e- eating dinner, <laughs> if, if I'm at a Raider game. <laughs> uh, me and you are if going I'm to at a Raider a... game, right? We're going to Vegas. We're going to a Raiders game. We're going to Vegas to the Raider game because we both love the Raiders. That's right. You could even you could even inter- interrupt me if I'm at a Dave Chappelle concert. I just bought his tickets. He's going to be <laughs> Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan in Las Vegas. I'm going. Oh my gosh! I think I might want to have to check no, that Ch- out. Could you, could you imagine Chappelle and Rogan on the same stage? Oh my gosh! I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Glenn, so you sound good. Here, I just want to let you know. Thanks, buddy. Man, you sound good too. So you got to believe. You got to expect. You have to receive. Then you can become a miracle, which you are. Think how far you've come. As I often say, you may not be what you want to be, but thank God you're not what you used to be. So you believe, you expect, you receive, you become, and then you become a miracle releaser. And that's what you've done in your life. But how awesome is it going to be as you continue to release miracles into people's lives? 
So today I want to talk a little bit about this idea of receiving. To receive means to collect, to accept, to obtain, to acquire, to secure. Man, that's the challenge because it seems like we could believe for big things to happen in our lives. We can expect it. But many times it takes a while before we receive it, collect it, accept it, obtain it, acquire it, secure it. So Stan Lee, the creator of Spider-Man, was 43 when he began drawing his legendary superheroes. It sounds like a delay in some people's minds. J.K. Rowling, as many of you know, was 32 when her first Harry Potter book was published. 32. So some of you are under 32. Some of you are over 32. But she was 32, and she was rejected by many, many publishers. The information that I found says 12, but could have been more, could have been less. So look at these people that it seemed like for a while it did not look like it was going to happen. So I wonder what you're believing for. I wonder what you're expecting. And I wonder what is maybe delayed, but that doesn't mean it's going to be denied. I remember when I was believing to do what I was going to do, and that is to be a humanitarian. That's why I went to seminary. I went to seminary and ended up uh, getting a doctorate in world religion. I traveled to over 75 countries of the world, uh, a lot of third world nations, educating people in um, inner cities of different uh, locations, dealing in the world of recovery, mental health, uh, speaking in orphanages, now doing a lot in prison reform. But, you know, th that was just a belief when I was in seminary that this would happen. But I remember there was a lot of lonely days when I used to think like, you know, what am I doing with my life? Because I, I had thought when I was in high school that I was going to go to USC, which I always wanted to go to. They always had great sports teams, and I even liked their theme song that they have. And could have gone to USC, had the grades to go to USC. And then sometimes I'd find myself in semin seminary. I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing with my, my life? Because I was so influenced by this book by about the life of Mother Teresa that I thought, I think I'm supposed to help people. So could you, could you imagine if I would have given up in that time where it wasn't looking like it was going to happen? Because, wow, I believe that you have a, a plan that I think is a God idea, not a good idea. And I also believe that you need to be obedient to that plan because somebody is waiting for you on the other side of your obedience. Wow, wow, wow. So maybe this was not just about what you're thinking or what I'm thinking, but maybe that you're getting prepared for the bigness is about to hit your life because you're going to help a lot of people. So you got to believe, you got to expect, you got to receive, receive again, collect, accept, obtain, acquire, secure. Galatians chapter six, verse seven says, do not be weary in well-doing. Well-doing is like the grind. 
do not be weary in well-doing. It's that day-to-day when it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It's me sitting in seminary, freshman, sophomore, junior year, thinking this is kind of interesting and not seeing anything happen yet. Do not become weary in well-doing, for in the proper season, you're going to reap a harvest because you did not give up. Hey, champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Stan Lee reaped a harvest. J.K. Rowling reaped a harvest. Glenn Lundy is reaping a harvest because they did not give up. Let me say one more thing that I think is cool. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time and a season for everything. It says there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. The word silent means where your life seems like it's at a whisper, at a, at a hush. It's void of noise. Wow, wow, wow. COVID-19 silenced a lot of people. Pandemic silenced a lot of people. Disappointment has silenced a lot of people. Divorce has silenced a lot of people. Abuse has silenced a lot of people. Addiction has silenced a lot of people. But a lot of you that have been silenced are about to get your voice back. I was silenced for a season, sitting in seminary, but everything shifted. I started to speak and people started to listen. I went from getting 30 invitations a year to 90. Then I would get 110. And then it became over 2,000 invitations a year to so many places all over the world to speak to crowds of 18 people to 85,000 people at one time. There's a time to be silent. What do I do in the time of silence, Tim Story? That's where you have to learn. That's where you observe. And that's where you practice. In the time of silence, you learn. You observe. And you practice. So maybe you're in a season of silence, the whisper, the quiet, the still, void of noise. But you better get ready for the time that gets real loud. You're about to live your life out loud if you're not living your life out loud already. And somebody has been waiting for your message. So keep on believing, keep on expecting. Keep on receiving because miracles still happen. So I want to talk a little bit today with some of you that want to come up of a season of silence in your life where you thought that it wasn't going to work and how you got through. Our season of silence in your life that you learned, you observed and practiced and got better. So let's talk a little bit about that season of silence or the believing, expecting and receiving. All right. So I need somebody to help me to moderate because I got what you I'm too. Okay. Thank you very much. Good hearing your voice this morning too. Hey. Good morning, Tim. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you 
for sharing your wisdom. Everyone, Tim Story's book, The Miracle Mentality, is out in all places that books are sold. The Audible is read by Tim. You can get it in digital copy or physical and buy it for a friend. I want to point that out because it is actually a great book. It's not a book we're just pointing out because Tim's here. I want to make that very clear. It's actually a great book. So, Tim, uh, speaking of books, I think that was one thing for me that in those moments of silence when there was no one to talk to, that we were looking at the sky talking to God and not quite hearing something back just yet, there's still books. And there's someone else sharing their great message like you that gives us inspiration and hope that something can change. And then when it does, you're glad you read those books because they give you more clarity to your voice. You're not just speaking all crazy like, <laughs> right? Alpha, so, no doubt about it. Let me say this, that, that people always say, like, what are your top five books? And I, and I never tell them uh, because to, to me, you know, there's a lot of good books out there, as you're saying. But one of the things I like reading, too, is, is biographies. And the more you read about people's lives, everybody, Alpha, went through this season of silence where they, they, they believed, they expected, and it just did not happen for a season. And so uh, get into to biographies about people's lives, not even from just today, but people who passed away, you know, 100 years ago. And uh, the season of silence, Alpha, that's powerful, though, right? Right. No doubt about it. And, you know, the biography I love to read the most is Steve Jobs with a scene where he throws the money into the ocean and exactly. tells that lady to chase that money and I'll chase my dream. <laughs> I, I love that. Okay. Who wants to say something on this subject? I think it's right. an amazing subject. I see Lolita flashing. Go ahead, Lolita. Hey, good morning, Sam. Hey, Alpha. Thank you so much. Um, I love this topic because as you were talking, this season of silence, how are we practicing it in our lives? One of the things that I was thinking is sometimes, for me at least, you believe that there's something that's been that needs to be unleashed in you. You know it's that something, it's that itching, but you don't know exactly what it is. So you expect that it's gonna come. And then sometimes it's so hard to receive and God just puts it right in front of you, but you can't see the signs. You can't see the signs until something happens, something shifts. And for me, that something absolutely was poetry. So I had written when I was younger, I had written, I'd stopped when I was in college, but I'll tell you, when I got back on Clubhouse, back on Clubhouse, Lord, when I got on Clubhouse, um, I started going into these poetry rooms and that feeling that that gap, that thing that needed to be fulfilled was it, right? So I'm believing that there's something, absolutely. I'm expecting that it's gonna come, that I'm gonna be fulfilled, that yeah, I have success, but I'm expecting it more and more. And then receiving that, yes, it's actually good. You know, sometimes we struggle with receiving and if we open up our minds to these moments, these miracles that are allowed to come into our lives that God wants in our lives that we are absolutely capable of, right? Then the magic, that feeling, that magic happens again. And so I love the topic. And I also think for season of silence, I didn't know I was in a season of silence until you come out of it. I call it a momentary interruption, but I like this season of silence. And sometimes it's not until you voice it in a different way, then you feel these butterflies and you're like, this is it. So thanks so much, Tim. I appreciate it. It's Lolita with a T. I love it. So if I want, if I can say something to Lolita, because I'm a fan of yours and 
thank you for helping with that song that you guys put together for me on the Miracle Mentality. But I think that, Lolita, one of the things you're doing and so many other people that are doing, that are listening this morning, is you guys are building your spot. And when you build your spot, God will put the spotlight on the spot. And some of you heard me say that before, but I'm going to continue to say it because it's true. And you could be saying, you know, writing my poetry is not working. Well, you know what? Maybe Maya Angelou thought that at some point. See, the, the cool thing about my job is in working with entertainers for over 30 years, I get to see behind the scenes when a Stevie Wonder says to me, uh, do you remember this song? And he'll play a song and I go, of course. He goes, we almost threw that one away. And then he'll tell me the story of the song was just not coming together. And then he just stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it. And it's like one of the greatest songs that we've all ever heard that we grew up on. And he said, yeah, we almost threw that one away halfway through. Whoa, think about that. What are you almost throwing away halfway through? So Lolita, I'm loving that you're building your spot and God is putting the spotlight on your spot. I received that. Thank you so much, Tim. To Lolita's point, just to highlight. Tim, uh, this is Bernita speaking. I was just going to add, for anyone in the room, you know, really, I feel like Lolita's being modest. You know, Tim, you're a fan. I'm a fan of Lolita's. She is a phenomenal poet, really and truly. And what a gift that we are receiving that you are coming out of your moment of silence. And Tim, if you want to hear Lolita tonight, uh, we're having an amazing showcase right here on Clubhouse celebrating Juneteenth that Lolita was the spearhead, the visionary behind, and she will be sharing much of her poetry tonight, 8 o'clock right here on Clubhouse in her club for Alpha Kappa Alpha. Okay, so I, I love that. So that's tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern time, right? 8 o'clock Eastern. Okay, so then I, Vernita, I see the ad on yours and Lolita. So you guys make sure and be a part of that. I have an event, but I will I will jump in for part of it for sure, okay? Amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. All right, Thanks, I, lo I, I, love, love I love this. All right, All right who's Tim. up next? Any thoughts, any questions, Let's, anything? Hold on, hold on, let, Tim, let me, let me make sure the flashes because it'll get crazy in here if you don't. All right, you got Dr. Janie, go ahead, Dr. Janie. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for this segment. There's two things that come to mind. First, when you talked about just someone is waiting on their other side of their obedience, that just made my hair stand up on my arms for a couple of reasons. Because I also think about that when we are not in that waiting and we're not obedient, we can also be blocking other people's blessings. And we can also, that's how we are used to unleash and help other people around us. And then when I also think about just that season of silence, I think what happens for some people, it's difficult to actually go through a season of silence because that is a true preparation period. And that true preparation period is the most uncomfortable, it's the most difficult, and it can be sometimes can bring up things, feelings, and that cause so much um, confusion and pain. But I think about it in terms of how I've heard you spoke in the past, it's about that harvest, right? When we're planting that seed, and it's kind of like the farmer comes out, he's looking at the field before anything blooms, and he's in that waiting season. And, you know, it's the most important season that I believe, not only from an emotional, mental, spiritual space, because that's where the greatest gifts, 
the greatest ideals, the greatest, our greatest future is unleashed. But when we can't see it in that season of silence and that season of waiting and that season of preparation, you know, it also teaches us a lot about what we also need to work on and heal. And sometimes we're not prepared to receive what's on the other side because we still have to move through that season of preparation, that season of silence. So those are the things that, that hit me, Tim. Thank you so much. This is Dr. Janie. And I want to tell everybody, follow doctor. She is so good. She's a friend of mine and brilliant, brilliant mind. I'm looking at this thing, Alpha. Thomas Edison in his early years, listen to this, was told by one of his teachers that he was not smart enough to do anything big. And also he was fired from his first two jobs for not being smart or productive enough but he kept on keeping on. Thomas Edison was in a left, but he found himself right. He was in a season of silence and he started to live out loud. Look up Thomas Edison. He did some things. All right, Alpha, who's up next? Outstanding. Go ahead and flash your mics if you have something for Tim. I see you flashing there, Miss Renee. Thank you so very much. Good morning, Breakfast of Champion and Alpha alongside with Tim. It's always great to have you on these Thursdays. You know, definitely in this time of season when, you know, everything was just so quiet. One of the things, you know, I had for our team to start reading. And I'll say this also, we kind of like, I've also poured it over to the students. I work with about 65 to 70 students every day. I'm not sorry, not every day, but every week, the future seeker students. And I ask those students, what is it that you all are doing just even on the weekend? And most of them were coming back saying nothing, watching TV or playing games or whatever the case may be. So I share with them. Let me give you an example of what my day consists of. By 4 a.m., I'm up. Five o'clock, I have the breakfast of champion. We are already rock and rolling with the largest breakfast um, table. 5.30, I run five miles. By um, 10 o'clock, I already had two meetings, and then I meet with them from 10.30 to 12 o'clock. I pour into them. And then after that, from 1 o'clock to 6 o'clock, I go right into our marathon room that we're running. One of the young men said, oh, my God, who are you? It was so funny when he said that. So what I share with them, we're going to start helping you all read because one of, one of the things I noticed when I asked one of the kids, he was the one that was the best storyteller. He said, well, my dad, you know, I, I watch my dad's child um, along, alongside, of, you know, I go and help my mom with some of the things in the house. He was able to be a really good storyteller. I asked him, I said, do you read? He said, yes, I do. He said, I read once a week. I said, that's the key right there. We have to start getting into the kids again. So what I'm going to do, we're going to have the kids to join this app also um, a part of our session so we can really start fusing that good energy because some of the kids are also quiet. A lot of them have gone through suicide, you know, especially some of the college students. So right now we got to start fueling that fire, fire again. And I find it the way to just power up your why and how we do anything is how we got to do everything. This is Renee Nora. Thank you so very much, Alpha, for allowing me to speak. Thank you, Tim, for being here with us. Alpha, I'm just imagining that she does all these things that early in the morning. Up that early, 
And then I'm just pitching her running down the street five miles. <laughs> I, I'm loving, I'm loving your energy. I'm loving your purpose. And you're educating, you are tutoring, you are mentoring future world shakers, history makers with the miracle mentality. Man, put in the miracle mentality into their mindset, and that becomes their reality. Alpha, we're on fire this morning. What's going on? Good. Okay, I'm on the other side of this breakfast table. I see Amy flashing. I want to be fair here. Go ahead, Amy. Thank you so much, Alpha, and thank you, Tim. This message couldn't be more timely as usual. Um, and I apologize for the noise because I'm driving down a gravel road. But um, the season of silence for me lasted um, for about 25 years. And there are still moments, you know, when it may not feel like a literal silence. And yet, when we're going through trauma or any sort of um, painful experience, there's a level of isolation that causes a silence that I think is, is deafening and can feel like it's final. And yet one of the things that I have learned in decades of silence is that the power of partnership with voices like yours, Tim, before I even knew you personally, I have your quotes reminding me that it's about to get loud. It was reminding myself of what Dr. Janie said and what my um, family legacy told me, which was that there is purpose in every season. It was agonizing, and that agony built my intimacy with God. It built perseverance. It built endurance. It built me into a warrior internally, emotionally, and in my ability to withstand um, pain and connect to God at moments when I felt like nobody else could reach me. Um, it plunged me into silence at five years old with trauma, but it also forced me to learn to relate to people and ask for help and get help that I needed. But it also taught me about who my father is and how he can reach into moments when I felt unreachable, when I felt totally muted by life and totally silenced by the pain of my perpetrator. And yet he told me and showed me that he will overcome any silence that seems like it is final. And this is just such a subject that is near and dear to my heart, Tim, and you have helped me experience the noise, the beautiful, loud noise of life. So thank you. That is powerful. So Alpha, I gotta say a few things. Because Amy Van Slambrook, if you're not following her, make sure and follow her. She's a beautiful soul, beautiful person, and she is a therapist. And I send a lot of people her way that are working through trauma in their life, who have had setbacks in their life, and she is a specialist in this area. And could you imagine what she said? She said she felt like she went through a 25-year season of silence and then please listen guys she says it could be deafening and but then she said the importance was the power of partnership and somebody uh connected us together and we just started dialoguing me and amy van slambrook she was all the way in one state i was in another we're from two different cultures we started to collaborate People, listen, we we need each other. We need each other in the season of silence. So, Amy, I'm so thankful for you and so thankful for all the people 
that you are helping to change their life. So today we're talking about the season of silence, that, that we have a plan for our life, which I call a God idea. We should be obedient to that God idea, knowing that somebody is waiting for us on the other side of our obedience. Guys, think about that. And in a minute, I'm going to see if Sharon Lecter will come on because she has a new book that is about to come out that our team is going to be promoting. And a lot of our friends are going to promote because it's, it's an awesome book. But we're talking about the season of silence that, listen, number one, you have a God plan. Number two, be obedient to it. Thirdly, somebody's waiting for you on the other side of your obedience. But before things break out for you, many times you go into that season of silence. Okay, Alpha, who's next? All right, Tim. Well, if we're going to be talking about books, let's go ahead and say let's follow Tim's story while he's here. Tim, click on this little handsome face there. Make sure you ring the bell. And there's a symbol to the right. There's a star. It means recommended. That way, Tim's story shows up even when Tim's story is not here. You didn't know that, did you? Uh, you learned something new today. And while we're following things, click on the little green Monopoly house at the top of the screen to follow Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Club. Mr. Glenn Lundy in the corner. Well, I guess I'm in the corner now, huh? It happens sometimes. And also, anybody that you resonate on the stage, we need to be able to keep up with each other so that you have better rooms in the hallway. And with that being said, Tim, I think we should at least get a little bit of music for a little bit. What do you think about that, Tim? Give me some music, Alpha. What do you got? I got you. You know, he's got he's got that ready at any time. Alpha's got that ready at any time. Boom. Boom. He needed a song, and and there was a song. I just want to say thank you guys for all buying the Miracle Mentality, because I guess you're all buying it, and um, because it's selling. And Alpha, I sign like 100 books at a time almost every single day, because companies are buying it for all their employees. So the miracle mentality is essential reading. It's essential reading. You're not supposed to be minimized. You're supposed to be maximized. So to me, it's essential reading, the miracle mentality. And uh, it just becomes your reality, and they can't shake it out of you. Hey, Tim, you know who needs to read that book? The new graduates. Because they're going to go out into the world and reshape it, and they should be out there with a miracle mentality. I think that's who needs to read this book. And speaking of new books, you, your friend Sharon is right below you there. If you want to go ahead and have yeah, can we, br- can we bring up can we bring up Sharon if Sharon can do it? She's busy, but I want to talk a little bit about Sharon's new book. Well, thank you, Tim. So happy always. Want to be here to support you, and love Miracle Mentality. Thank you so much. Yeah, my new book is coming out Tuesday, and people can still get it today and get special bonuses from me. It's the yeah, so let's line. let's take let's take a moment and tell us about that because I know it's coming out Tuesday, but you said uh, that we can get it today, right? And yes, give us sir. give us the title for those that do not know the title. The title is Exit Rich, and it's about building uh, the foundation of your business so that it's strong and your successful business can be sustainable, scalable, and saleable, or create generational wealth. 
and it's for anybody that owns a job. Yes, and the did one you, thing did I you love, hear that most yeah. people own a job. I own want a you job. To own a business. I want you to own a business that works for you. Ooh, I like that. And Sharon, what I love is that when you're when you're talking about building a business, because me and you have worked together so much, it, you're also building you as a person as you're building the business. And so she's teaching you how to be strong in your own personal life as well as you're building this business or company. And I was talking to a top attorney, a Beverly Hills attorney yesterday about your book, a female attorney from Beverly Hills. I said, you gotta get this book because she's teaching us these different subjects. So how can we get it and how do we get these bonuses? Well, fantastic. Yes, reach out. It's Exit Rich Book. ExitRichBook.com forward slash buy, B-U-Y. I'm walking, Tim, so I'm a little breathy. Um, ExitRichBook.com forward slash buy, B-U-Y. And if you buy 10 books for employees or masterminds, I send you a gift certificate to my ranch here in Arizona, CherryCreekLodge.com. I love it. Okay. I'm going to let you continue your walk, but roughly how many books have sold with your name on them? Roughly. Roughly 34 million. 34 million. Somebody flash your mics, please. 34 <laughs> million That's books. That's amazing. <laughs> Sharon, I love it. I love well, it, but yet when you're around her, she's humble, she's sweet, she's gorgeous. Her husband's a top attorney. She just invited some of you to the ranch. <laughs> That's a lot of books. Well, yeah. I love you, my dear friend, and anytime I can show up to support you, I will, and you always support me, and I truly appreciate it. If anyone out there, if you've received any benefit from any of the books I've written, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Thinking Grow Rich for Women, Outwitting the Devil, I guarantee you, you will derive tremendous benefit from Exit Rich. So thank you, my dear Tim. Yes, the Sharon Lecter. And for all of us that are influencers, that's all of us that are listening, let's promote her book. Let me tell you something. What you make happen for someone else, life will make happen for you. People said, how do you get all these people to endorse your book? And I go, I don't know, it's weird. They, they come towards me. Let me tell you something. What you make happen for someone else, life will make happen for you. So many times we're looking for the open door. Why don't you keep on opening doors and then watch doors open for you? That was good, right, Alpha? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was there the night your book was released, and Grant and Kim, and man, that was amazing. I never saw something like yeah, and it hasn't and it hasn't happened since where a guy or a, a man or woman released a book on Clubhouse and it went that wild and blew it up and wait till the new things come out with Oprah that I'm doing. And so but but that was that was Grant uh talking to me. Alpha, I was coming from Northern California. I just spoke at this big convention, it was seven thousand people. I was coming down and talking on the phone with Grant because we're friends. And he says, when's your book coming out? Let's throw a party. And, and 
you know, that's what happened. And next thing you know, it, it just took off, took off, took off. And business people's alpha, they were buying a thousand books at a time. A thousand books at a time. I'm about to speak in about two hours to a lot of real estate people. They're going to buy a lot of books. Why? Because people care about people. Pay it forward. That's very true. Hey, Tom, I want to share something with you real quick before we move on. Uh, you're featured in The Path Made Clear by Oprah. And I sent my mom that book because her mother passed away, my grandmother. And she felt a little lost considering. And she said, I'm sitting outside in the sunshine. And I'm reading this book you sent me. She said, is this Tim Story guy the one that you interviewed that time? Jack came forward as increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. So Jeremy Downing here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean-Paul Guidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Stressnatter. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. So we got a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I wanna open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, he's brilliant. He really just touched my heart. I said, thank you, I'll let him know. And guess what? I just let you know. No, that, you that, that's, that's super cool, but could you imagine that Oprah has said to me on many occasions, Tim, what do you need? What what do you need me to do? And guys, if you could just imagine what she's done for me. Just 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 let your little imagination go for just a second. Because when you become real friends with somebody and you're not asking for something, and Alpha, for her to say, what do you need? And for her to put me in her documentaries and her books on her tours doing cruises with Oprah. Come on, people. Somebody pay attention. But, man, I've, I've been through my season of silence, too. But yeah, no doubt about I also it. Know what it's, I know what it's like for life to get real loud. So for some of you, you're in a silent place, but life's going to get real loud. So in that season of silence, keep on preparing. Hey, right, let's hey, hey, let's Tim, keep flowing. Who's David next? Spizak flashing right here. Go ahead, David. Good morning, Alpha. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning, champions. Good morning, Tim Story. How are you, Tim? One of my favorite voices, one of my favorite men. David, when you, you walk in a restaurant, the mood shifts, just so you know. <laughs> Thank you. You're so kind. Thank good you. morning, you know, Tim. Good morning. What a, what a great subject. It's so... Um, I think in this world that we live in, Tim, it's getting harder and harder and harder. I love that you're bringing this up because I think it's becoming less and less natural um, and less and less even considered uh, the importance of a season of silence because of just all of the noise that comes to us, four to 5,000 marketing messages per day. 
is hitting us, you know, social media is hitting us from every direction. I mean, uh, I just turned around yesterday and somebody tells me there's another uh, version of Clubhouse, you know, the green room that comes out and everybody runs that way. And, and, um, and it's just so important, you know, and you're just speaking about Oprah, a couple of things that, that really struck me. Number one is uh, when you speak about Oprah, and I was just speaking about Oprah a few days ago, you know, it's, it's interesting how we tend to notice people when they have climbed the top of Mount Everest, so to speak, uh, metaphorically. And so you see somebody when they've hit the pinnacle, when they've achieved greatness, when they've achieved a breakthrough. Um, but we don't often talk about or take the time to notice the season of silence that they went through. And, you know, as famous as she is, I'll bet you there's a very small percentage that really know uh, what Oprah went through to become Oprah, become who she is today, you know, and to be born to a, a teenage mom and to experience significant, tra significant trauma and abuse by the age of nine and to run away by 13 and become pregnant at 14 and then to lose a child and then to go through another season of silence but to persevere and get to the point where she established herself as a journalist and get, and put herself in a position to get a job that nobody would be celebrating, nobody would be talking about, nobody would be saying, oh, you've got to look at this woman. She's a journalist for this small station. But she keeps going and she keeps persevering at a time that it was not, it wasn't easy for a woman uh, in media. It wasn't easy for a person of color in, in media. And then she finally got that opportunity to have a show and to be a co-host and it failed epically. And the, and the guy was not blamed at all, but she was blamed entirely in another season of silence. And so it's interesting to me, you look at Thomas Edison and the things you brought up are really important. What do we hear about? We hear about the fact that this guy, you know, uh, took him 10,000 tries to accomplish his goal. And he has a wonderful quote that he hasn't failed. He said 10,000 times, I've simply learned 10,000 ways that won't work. And, and it's just so powerful. And the things that you serve up to us every time that you come on the stage and through every book you write, it's the reason why I don't buy one of your books. I buy 10 or 20 or more of your books because I've learned that one of the greatest gifts that, that we can give anybody is, is the power of reading. And you mentioned we talk about proximity uh, oftentimes. You don't have to be physically uh, within proximity. You could be with the proximity of their mind, proximity of their heart, proximity of their soul, proximity of their thoughts. <clears throat> and so when we gift, my wife and I gift your books out to children, out to kids, adolescents, or adults, uh, we understand very well that that could be the biggest gift that they ever receive in their lifetime. And lastly, Renee, God bless you, Renee. You know, there's an organization, Renee, that you may want to look at in Portland, Oregon, called Smart Start Making a Reader Today. 
And what they've learned is, is the power of reading for kids, especially kids that lived in disadvantaged communities, uh, marginalized communities. And uh, what we've learned is that if a child has not, by the age of the fourth grade, achieved their, their grade level in reading, the likelihood of them graduating high school and going on to a, a highly productive life diminishes massively. In fact, you go from a 71% roughly graduation to over a 93% graduation rate simply by reading. And SMART is amazing because what they do is they have over 12,000 adults volunteering to go into schools. My wife and I sponsor a school called the Alder School. Um, and you go into the school and you just simply read to a kid that you don't know. But it's so powerful, the impact that it has. So I just wanted to say good morning to my dear friend Tim, uh, my, my friend Alpha, my good friend Alpha. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here, and I want to thank you especially for uh, for all the good things, all the good thoughts that you're bringing to this world. Thank you. David, just amazing. And let me just say this. Uh, with these things that David is saying about Oprah Winfrey, think about it, and he broke it down so eloquently and so realistically because think about the fact that she had these early setbacks as a teen, as a teenager, she could have stopped and not been obedient to her plan. And then the times where she she is a journalist. That's why she's so good at the interview. She's a journalist. And, um, you know, I was doing this event with her at UCLA. It was me, Brene Brown, uh, Deepak Chopra. And so I had I had like seven friends with me. And so I went to one of her people and I said, how many of my friends can I bring? So they went to Oprah and, and she says, tell Tim to bring all his friends. And so every person she met, she was so present and gave them time and listened to them. And you know, that's part of being a broken person. When you're a person that's been through a season of left and you're broken and mended and healed and restored and rejuvenated and rise back up, hopefully you remember where you come from. Sometimes you got to get left before you get right. Man, what a you know, what a morning, Tim. Tim, you know uh, that's the extraordinary thing, and and I, I apologize. There's two things I should have said in 60 seconds. Number one, it is those very things, those very moments, those very adversities that prepare somebody like Thomas Edison to persevere 10,000 times. A person who has not gone through the season of silence does not keep going after a thousand, two thousand, or five thousand failures. And the same thing with Oprah. And the other thing I wanted to bring up the, re the remaining 30 seconds, I would be so remiss if I didn't say to my uh, my friend Sharon, uh, brilliant, brilliant friend Sharon, uh, Sharon, I'm coming to that ranch because you can bet on the fact we'll be on the website today and buying a whole lot of books to help bring people that these, I have so many people I coach in small businesses, uh, startups, mid-stage, and I'm going to buy those books. So when I coach them, the next time I coach them, which I do at least 10 or 12 every week, I'm going to say, hey, the one thing I'm going to give to you right off the bat 
is this book, and I want you to read it before we have our next coaching session. That's beautiful. You see, you see, David supporting people. No one, no wonder so much happens for for him, his wife, his children. Beautiful soul, David. I, I love you. I look forward to seeing you love back you, at the spot that we meet. Thank we you, David. Thank you, David. This is Sharon. I so appreciate you. you. My heart is full. Thank you, both you and Tim. Man, Alpha, you feel you follow this clubhouse love, but you know this would not be possible without our good friend Glenn Lundy. That's right, Mr. So, Glenn so, Lundy. So Glenn Lundy got a god idea to do this, and just because he's handsome and kind of looks like my good friend Marcus Allen, he kind of looks like Marcus. Hey, but, Tim. I had a God yes. idea one day. It said that you can't outdream God because you are a God idea, right? You are a God Ooh. dream. How can how can you outdream a God dream when you are a God dream? Now that was a God idea. Hey That's Tim, you said something amazing in your book on page one thirty three. It was about Chuck Taylors and Levi's, and you wanting that as a child in this little moment of silence, so to speak, where you want something, you ask for it, we can't afford it, you don't accept it. But when you began to do the work, you said everything you do, you must do at a high standard. And from Colossians 3.23, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. See, that part right there is a difference that people may not be getting that. After this moment of silence, when the rogue is noisy, you must work at it with all your heart. But what about that part that we talked about before, like two months ago, when people start acting a little weird because the rogue got noisy? What do you do then, Tim? That was very powerful, and you're right. I wanted, I wanted Chuck Taylor shoes, the the Converse tennis shoes, and we could not afford them. And I wanted Levi's, but I got something like Plevi's. But it's it's in that season of silence that we have to, we have to be patient. It's very funny. This coming Saturday, I'm speaking for one of my good friends, and he does very well financially. And because he's my friend, I'm not going to charge him what you know, the, a lot of money that they pay people like Sharon and I to speak. And so he said to my assistant, well, I got to do something for Tim. So he decided he's going to buy me Louis Vuitton loafers because I, I like those. You, you'll see me like, I like them. They're comfortable. So Alpha, that's a long ways, right? From I couldn't afford Converse to my friends are buying me Louis Vuitton loafers. Man, you made it, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I made it till today. <laughs> you here now? Hey, we got <laughs> big facts. All right, so we got uh, Dr. Amy has something. I see Coach Isaac flash. I saw Joy flash. I see a lot of people flashing. We got a little bit of time. Jeff is flashing like the police over here. I see it. Okay. So Thank you so much, Alpha Six, and good morning to everyone. So, Mr. Tim, as you were talking about the season of preparation, something just dropped in my spirit. Um, Lowly God just whispered, like, all seasons of silence is not bad seasons of silence, because there's some seasons in your life 
that I have to mute you or I have to keep you quiet so you won't speak against the very things that I'm trying to bless you with. And it made me think about the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth and how he couldn't speak for six months until the baby was born, which we know is a miracle, Mr. Tim, because she was she was bearing. And so what do you what is your thoughts on that? Because um, he began to tell me that some seasons are seasons of preparation and for planning and positioning you. And it's not that I'm silencing you permanently, but I'm silencing you for a moment so that your words don't speak against my miracle that I'm getting ready to release in your life. So I just want to know what your thoughts is about that thought that God just dropped in my heart. Amen. Okay. Number one, amen on a Thursday morning. That was very, very powerful. So if let's go biblical for a minute. Is that every person that God uses, he always has to take them into a desert experience. I call it the holy ground. He takes you to the holy ground before he takes you to the battleground. We all think we're ready for the battleground. You are not. You are not ready for the type of success that's about to hit you. You're not ready for the type of money that's about to hit you. When fame really hits people, people, listen to me. That's my job. I work with the famous, not the kind of famous. I'm telling you, you have not felt that force of fierce. I remember coming out of a restaurant with Robert Downey Jr. We walked in and it was still daylight and we walked out and it was night. And as we walked out, the paparazzi went, da, 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 just went crazy on him. And he looked at me and smiled and said, oh, I forgot I'm in the movies. You know what? Maybe you're not prepared for that yet. So God takes us and he puts us into a wilderness experience, the holy ground. The holy ground is a place of seclusion. It's a place of secrets. Watch this. It's a place of seclusion, secrets. And it's a place of safety where God gives you revelation. It is in the holy ground where you get the revelation that leads to conviction that when you go to the battleground, you know that you know that you know. The holy ground, the battleground. The holy ground, the battleground. I love what you said. Got me all stirred up. Hey, all right, hey, Trent was a champion. Man, we're on fire. Tim, you tell them the truth. I, I remember uh, there's semi-fame when you're walking out the bathroom and people will bother you. But then there's walking with another person who's like really, really famous and getting blinded by the lights. They think Kanye is just singing a song when he say flash the light. Like, no, that's very real. Just people you do not know coming out of nowhere just <laughs> and it just mess you up if you don't have your sunglasses on. No, I mean, you're exactly right because, you know, I'm with Kanye and you, if we just go to a store I remember just walking with him through the Miami airport, people screaming, people chasing him. And, you know, it, people think they know what it's like until they really, really experience it. All right. So who's up next? All right. Up next, we had Coach Isaac, and then we're going to go to Pastor Jeff. Man, I appreciate you. And I, I wasn't, honestly, I was just clapping in support. So I just saw some gratitude, Miss Sharon. I'm all over your books. And David Spizak, I'm waiting on you to write a book, but I can literally talk to you every day. And Tim, I love your books. And I just love 
uh, what I forgot the author, but he said, when you read people's books, you're having conversations with them. Um, so every, to everybody in this room, even if you don't have the books, first of all, get the books. And second of all, take notes on what these powerful people are saying, because you can always look back on the notes and you're literally having conversations with them. You can hear these voices every single day, right? How do you get to know the heart of God? You read the Bible, you read his word. It's the same thing with people. I can, I truly call Tim, David, Sharon. I call these people friends because I read what's on their hearts because I read their books. I read the notes of what they say, right? So I just appreciate, I'm in full appreciation and gratitude of you all just pouring your hearts out and just being here, spending time with us. So that's all I got. I just wanted to show some gratitude. So thank you, Tim and everyone else. That means a lot. And let me just say a, a thought that I had this morning is guys, we're, we're all just part of the plan. We're all a piece of the puzzle. So there's, there's nobody greater than another person on this, on this stage right now. Uh, everybody listening, come on, we're made in the image of God. Uh, utmost God did not create almost children. So what a what a privilege for all of us to share. That's why you see, if you time me, Alpha, you see that I speak only like 11 minutes up front. You know, Glenn said to me, speak as long as you want. I speak 11 minutes and then I open it up to everybody because I want to hear what other people have to say. I want to learn. I'm a person who wants to learn. There's a lot of brilliance in this room right now. All right, who's up next? All right, Tim, you just said something very outstanding. The best speakers are the best listeners. And Coach, thank you for that. Uh, some of my best friends would be these books because they always have something great to remind us of. I think we were at Pastor Jeff. Thank you so much, Alpha Six. And thank you so much, Tim. Uh, you, I'm like you, I like biographies. As a teenager, the first one I read was Muhammad Ali, I'm the Greatest, and it took me through every human emotion possible, and Chuck Taylor said Levi's. Uh, we grew up poor too, didn't get those until I joined the military and got one of those those checks. But my silence was like Amy, with her. she had 25 years, I had over 30 years of silence, and the strange thing, Tim, was that started the same year that God told me to start speaking as a minister. Uh, but in that same year, I was silenced because a lieutenant thought he had a right to molest me. And for over 30 years, I was silent about that, but had to speak the word of God from pulpit to pulpit. And so now I thank God that, as Dr. Amy has said, that, you know, sometimes uh, you, you have to go through a, a season of silence. So as I went through that season of silence, but also speaking the word, uh, now I thank God for the voice that I'm able to inspire others to move from the space of a victim to the place of a victor. Thank you so much, Tim, for what you do with, the, uh, with your books and what you do here on Breakfast of Champions. And your book is the next one on my read list. God bless. And Thank happy, you, Pastor Jeff. That's it. Father's Day to you this coming Sunday. I received that. You too, Alpha. So, Pastor Jeff, his story, I mean, think about this. And I call these this life interruption of something so terrible that happened to him that took him into a season of silence for so many years and a, a lot of pain. And, you know, when pain of, of that magnitude hits any of us, whether it's an illness, a divorce, an addiction. Guys, we got to be patient with ourselves. 
Be patient in the process. You still there, Tim? You got quiet on us. All right. David Hill, let me call you right quick while we uh, get Tim back. Okay, Alpha, can you hear what I'm saying right now? I hear you now. Okay. So I just want to say this, that that a lot of people are going through a season of silence right now. But be be patient with yourself. Be patient with the process. And also for other people that let's be very loving and caring and giving to people because you never know the pain that they're in. Everybody is coping with something. But this this subject is so powerful today about the season of silence. Next Thursday, Alpha, I'm going to do part two of the season of silence. What can we learn from the season of silence? What can we learn from the season of quiet? Why life sometimes takes us to the holy ground before we go to the battleground? And Alpha, what do you think about this idea that I'm going to do part two next Thursday morning? Well, Tim, I think that sometimes when people get out of that silence, they think it's never coming back. And sometimes the silence comes back and you got to go back through the valley to get to the next mountain peak, right? Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to end my session with a little bit of a flow and then we're going to go to the next hour. So in the season of silence, sometimes you got to learn to sit in that silence. Ooh, we don't like to sit. You got to sit, you got to learn, you got to get educated. You got to say, how did this season happen? And maybe this season is a God ordained season. Maybe, maybe I'm in a season of left because God is trying to get me right. You got to sit in that season. And then another thing you got to do is you got to allow yourself to be seasoned. Watch this alpha seasoned in the season seasoned in the season Woo! get seasoned get marinated that's where i learned so much of what i've learned in life is from the tough spots i was in from being a dishwasher when i didn't want to be a dishwasher being a bus boy when i didn't want to be a bus boy but prospering where i was planted i was getting seasoned in the season yeah that's why today I got two of big, big events I'm speaking at. I'm going to show up early at both of them. I was speaking in Dallas last week. I showed up early. Miami the week before, I showed up early. I show up early because I got seasoned in the season. And so the miracle mentality is what my hour is about. You got to believe, expect, receive, become, and you release. Be a miracle releaser today because somebody needs it. My hour is up. Alpha, what's up next? See, Tim, this is why they send you Louis slippers, because you got it like that, man. You made it. You made it, Tim. <laughs> Appreciate you, Tim. All right, coming up next, we got Miss Lauren Lavender, and she's right next to you, man. If she was a snake, she would have bit you already. And this is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. Make sure you follow the Millionaire Breakfast Club right there in that greenhouse. And if you're not following Mr. Tim's story, click on his handsome face. Make sure you follow him. Ring the bell and press those stars so people who don't know he's here can find out when they enter the clubhouse. Thank and you very Alpha, much. Alpha, last thing. Great job today. Alpha, great job. Great. Hey, thank you very great much. Job. Appreciate it.
Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Tim, for an amazing segment like you always do. I appreciate you. You get my mind right and you get me in the right frame of mind to jump into my segment. So thank you. And a huge thank you to Alpha and David and all of the amazing speakers who have spoken up today and poured into us. I appreciate you so much. So since it is Father's Day weekend, I want to give a huge standing ovation to the amazing dads out there like you, Glenn Lundy, who has eight beautiful babies at home, and David Spizak, who so beautifully touched on his ability to be a present and intentional dad to his four kids, two of his little baby boys, and Coach Isaac, who has his beautiful daughter in his pictures right now, and he's such a loving dad. But for me, Father's Day used to be very, very triggering. Growing up, I did not have a great relationship with my dad. We spoke about the season of silence and that topic was so timely. Speaking of what Tim just spoke about and how you never know what people are going through, I know this weekend can be triggering for some people. I had that with my dad and it went on for far too long. I went through a lot of family trauma and for the sake of my dad and my family, I'm going to respect them and keep that trauma personal. But Father's Day used to be a huge weekend in our family because it meant that I had to hang out and celebrate someone that I did not have a great relationship with until I was 25 years old. So for 25 years, I loathed Father's Day. In fact, it was a double whammy of a weekend because it's also his birthday as well. I used to get really bad anxiety. My entire mood would shift. I would go from excited for my life to, oh shoot, there's a lot of unpacked baggage in my relationship with my dad. And this weekend is a huge reminder of all the work that I still have to do. And another reminder that I haven't dealt with it yet. And I had a ton of guilt for not wanting to say happy birthday and happy Father's Day, dad. I had a really hard time with this weekend because it reminded me that I did not have the dad that a lot of other people had. I did not have an emotionally present father for most of my life. I did not have a physically present father for most of my life. And for most of my life, I really wished I did. I wished that I had a dad that could be there and get at eye level with me and genuinely just ask, how are you doing? What can I do to support you? And I love you. Excuse me. Ooh, I did not anticipate crying, but that's, that's who I am right now. So here we go. I did not have that. And my dad struggled with his own mental health issues and he took it out on his wife and kids. And it wasn't until I met my husband at 25 that I started to have a relationship with my dad. It wasn't until I was thinking about having my own family when I was able to put myself in his shoes and start to empathize with the person that he was, what he was going through, and ultimately just seeing him as another human being and not this hairy, scary monster that I knew him to be most of my life. It took a lot of strength and work to see my dad as another parent who was just struggling, and he really wished he wasn't. My dad has so much guilt. He has so much mental health issues, and he has a lot that he's going through, and he has so much regret. And every time I see him now, he always says, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, and he comes to me in tears. And I have to say to him, Dad, we don't need to say this anymore. We have the rest of our lives now to enjoy and be grateful, and we're starting now. So sometimes holidays aren't a great reminder for us. So I want to highlight anyone that is feeling overwhelmed by this weekend, because I know parental relationships hold so much weight in our lives. Today, my dad and I have an amazing relationship, which is why I'm wondering why I'm crying. But here we are. So in fact, in 90 minutes from now, we are going to breakfast just us us two. 
And I genuinely can't wait to have this one-on-one -on -one time with him and make up for the 25 years of anxiety and depression. Woo, okay. So the shift that it took for me was to realize one crucial thing, how my dad felt about me had nothing to do with me. What my dad was going through had nothing to do with me. My dad is a brilliant person. He's one of those people where he walks into a room, he uses all of the words in the dictionary in a grammatically correct sentence. He's rehearsed in current and past events and can pull insights together like a research repository with a qualitative research people of like 500. He's also one of the funniest people I've ever met. But my dad struggled with mental health and he has been to every psychiatrist, he's read every book, but he struggled. And when you're a little kid, you don't understand why daddy's upset all the time. And it took me too long to realize that who my dad is and what he does has nothing to do with me, period. Even if he is my dad, even if we did share a roof for far too long, I stayed at home till I was 20 y'all, but it's cool. Even if he did really, really hurtful things to me and my family when we were younger, it had nothing to do with me. He was struggling. And when you're struggling, you're in survival mode. You can't appreciate three young girls under the age of 10 running around the house and screaming and sing songs with hairbrushes because that sound, that volume is triggering for him. He couldn't appreciate screaming car rides because it was triggering for him. He couldn't appreciate when we did something out of line and made a mistake because it was triggering for him. He couldn't appreciate a lot of my upbringing with my sisters because he had his own demons to deal with. But if you're having a hard time and you're in a relationship with a parent and it's not going the way you want it to go, I wanna give you some advice that has worked for me. Again, I don't know the context of you. I don't know what you're going through and I will never know because I've never walked through it with you, but I'm here to walk through it with you now because I do know one thing, what you do now matters the most. I realized I had to, uh, to look at my dad through a lens of empathy and realize that our relationship was built on sticks but now we have the rest of our lives to turn it around and build an empire of iron. And as a mom to a two-year-old son, I want him to learn forgiveness. I want him to know grace. I want him to know empathy for others, even if they really, really, really hurt you at your core at one point in time. I didn't relate to what my dad was going through until I was promoted to parenthood. I could see life through that lens. Being a parent is hard. It's incredible, but it's hard. Why is it so hard? Because your own traumas and baggage can bubble up and it forces you to deal with them so that you can be the best parent that you can be and stop certain cycles that you went through with your family. I have an opportunity with my son and my husband to have a beautiful part two with my dad and my son's grandpa. And we have an opportunity to teach my son that mental health is real. Mental health is prevalent but you can love people through it anyways, even if it's really hard to do. It's also a great lesson for my son to see that we are all capable of forgiveness. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And I wanna go out swinging with no regrets, and that includes relationships. I believe my parenting will let my son down if I don't teach him how to forgive people. You have a tremendous opportunity to reinvent your dealership today, right now, and to not take advantage of it would mean that everything that you just went through and are going through was in vain. 
How about instead we build something new like Kevin did in Virginia who was up 37% in April or Mike in Wyoming who was up 90% in April or Bob in Kentucky who broke a 60 year record this past January. All of these dealers join the 800% club and together we continue to win. Listen, I've done this before. I've helped build a monster dealership from the inside out and now I want to build one with you. You and your team deserve it. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Even if it seems impossible, I want to have a strong part two with my dad. I want to forgive him for the parenting mistakes that he made, the spousal mistakes that he made, and free him from the chains of punishment by not having a relationship with him. We talk about the season of silence, y'all. My season of silence was 25 years. I did not have a relationship with my dad. For years, we, he wanted to rekindle it. And I felt really bad about that many years later. But I needed to heal. I needed to do what Tim said, which is just pause and sit with it. And dad gave me all this stuff to deal with, so now I'm dealing with it. But I do feel bad about that time and the only amount of time that we have left. So if you're having a hard time with parental relationships, I wanna extend grace and empathy to you and say, I know what you're going through. I know how it feels. And I'm here to tell you that you can free yourself of this trauma starting right now. If it means that you don't wanna have a relationship with your parent, that's okay too. You need to do what works for you. But if you can't have a relationship with a parent because you're afraid forgiving them will undo your healing and forgiving them just opens the door for them to hurt you again, I want to show you another point of view. People deserve second chances should you feel inclined to give them one. Sometimes people don't deserve them. I'll be the first to say that, but we'll save that for another day. But when it comes to a relationship with a parent, I encourage you to ask yourself if you'll regret that time that you lost with that person because you couldn't get out of your own way and solve your troubles. Will you look back on your life and say, I could have forgave, I could have rekindled, I could have tried anyways, even if they done really, really, really messed up, can we forgive anyways? All I ask is for you to ask yourself if this relationship is salvageable and if you want it to be, then I encourage you to use this weekend and start the rest of your lives together. I encourage you to forgive. I encourage you to practice being the bigger person because once you become the bigger person, you gain control of the situation and you gain your power back. You grab the reins of your life and you say to yourself, you don't get to hurt me anymore because I forgive you. I'm not going to feel this pain anymore because I release it right now. I'm not going to continue feeling bad about this because it's draining my energy. And I refuse to hold on to grudges, trauma, or painful experiences anymore. I forgive my dad. And I am so grateful for the time that we have left. And a huge happy Father's Day to amazing dads who make it look so easy because I know it's not. So thank you for that. I'm gonna do a quick sip of water. And then I wanna switch gears slightly because I know that was really heavy for some of us. And I wanna talk about what to do in general when you get overwhelmed. And this strategy can also be applied to parental relationships, but I wanna frame this conversation in a less triggering way and give a strategy that can be used to instantly launch you out of overwhelm. 
But before I do that, I want to make it very clear. I am not a trained psychologist or a therapist. I have a PhD from life. I have struggled with mental health my entire life. As you know, my family, we breed it pretty well. And I'm talking with you as a walking, breathing person who has found relatable tactics that have changed my life and that you can implement should it make sense for you. So with that, here's number one. Step number one, just like Tim talked about, you need to pause. You need to pause everything. Pause and listen to your inner voice and the dialogue that is going on in your head. Don't think about work. Don't think about your never ending to-do list. Don't think about how the kids or your husband is doing. What about you? What's going on? Where can we start? We don't need a chronological order of events to understand what's happening. Let's just focus on what you're feeling. Are you tired? Are you stressed? Are you paralyzed because you feel like you're just hammering away and not seeing results? If that's true, let's pause and sit down for a second and map out the next 24 hours. What do you need to pick yourself up? Do you need to take a mental health day from work or a mental health day from the kids? Is there anyone you can call for support right now that you can give so they can give you just a few hours to yourself? And within those few hours, just focus on you. Be really honest with yourself and parent yourself for a second. What do you need, like really, really need right now? Pausing is going to help you stop breathe and let your brain catch up to your heart. When I'm overwhelmed, I know it's because the two C-level execs of my life, my head and my heart, are battling something out right now. And so I know I need to I need to pause, call an emergency board meeting, and just stop and listen to the dialogue that's going on between the two in order to really understand what do these two want for me right now? Why is this so important? Well, if your head is one executive, let's say your CEO or your CFO, and your heart is your chief operating officer or your chief information officer, and they're at odds with each other, you're going to feel overwhelmed. What's happening is that your heart feels one way and your head feels another. And right now, if you're out of alignment and the two execs are battling to try and figure out how to get the business of you back on track so that you can achieve your highest potential, you just gotta pause. For instance, let's say you're totally stressed with work. Work is really draining. It's emotionally draining, physically draining. It's demanding. It's requiring a lot of emotional brain power. And you're really close to just putting in your two weeks. Your head is probably saying, you're fine. Just keep working. You need the money. There aren't many jobs out there. You're comfortable. Just keep going. And your heart is probably saying something like, why are you still in this job? You know this isn't the best environment for you. You know this boss is making you crazy. You know they're underappreciating you. You've always wanted to start your business and yet you're still working. You know that you could be happier somewhere else where they value you. Why are you still here? And if your head and your heart are screaming at you and demanding your attention without being in alignment, that's overwhelm. This is why you need to pause. Just pause, listen to both arguments, find a common ground, and then step two, create a plan. This might sound really obvious, but it's true. You need a plan. You cannot operate under overwhelm for very long. When your car is running out of gas, we have a light that comes on that tells us, yo, we only got about 50 miles left until this car will not roll to your destination. So stop everything, check the clock because it's time to head to a gas station to fill up. A car cannot run on empty for more than 50 miles. Right now, your gas light is on and it's telling you, you only have 50 miles left. So we need to get you to a place where you can fuel yourself up with what you need to keep going. You only have 50 miles left when you're overwhelmed. So this is the best time to stop create a plan and force yourself to take action to overcorrect and get yourself out of this overwhelm and into your highest achieving potential. Let's use a different example. Let's say you're a really burnt out mom. The laundry is always piling up. The dirty socks are everywhere and they seem to just blend into the carpet now. 
The dishes are always dirty. You're wondering why you try so hard to give as a mom and seem to get the bare minimum back in return. You're the only one cleaning the house. You're the only one who feeds the dogs and cleans the litter boxes, and you're totally burnt out. At this point, like I said, we only got about 50 miles left until something's going to give. So right now is the best time to stop and make a plan. How do we do this? Write out what you want your perfect day to look like. Is there anyone that can help you? Is there anything we can outsource? Is there any more time that we can add to our day? Do we need to wake up an hour earlier? Do we need to stay up an hour later? Figure out what works for you and stick to that plan and that strategy. And then step three, this is my favorite step, create boundaries. I'm gonna do a whole segment on this one day because it's so crucial, but boundaries are what it takes to thrive, not just survive. Without boundaries, you'll jump into your plan of attack and then you'll feel overwhelmed again. Even if it doesn't go according to plan or even if you gave everything, you're gonna feel overwhelmed and you're gonna have to overcorrect to get back on track. Boundaries mean you're going to get really, really good at saying no. My guess is that if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, it's because you're saying yes to too many things and not saying no enough. No is not a negative word. No is not, oh, I'm letting someone down. No means I can't right now. No means I have promised someone else something already and I would love to help, but I just can't right now. No means someone is going to get a half-assed result from me if I commit to this other task and I can't afford to fail on someone else's time. Why do we say no to drugs? Why do we say no to things that are bad for us? Because we know if we say yes to them, the stakes are really, really high and it could turn our life on its head and take us down a really unhealthy path of self-destruction. We can't afford that. And unfortunately, the same thing happens if you don't say no to things in your life that may be taking up too much of your time and your energy. Drugs are just a really dramatic example. So step three is writing out a yes and no list. So on that paper that you have, or any paper that you have that you that you always put your notes on, list out what fills you in your yes columns. And that's the things you love to do, the things you're great at doing, the things that you just instantly move people out of the way to actually do. Those are the things that get you out of bed, bed in the morning and you wanna continue doing. And then we need to write a list of what are the non-negotiables? What are the things that we're just never going to do? And we need to start sticking to them right now. Those are your boundaries. Those are the things we hate doing that we know we need to stop doing. Those are the things where you go, man, I did it again. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? And you have that little voice that goes, really? Seriously? And then you say to yourself, yeah, I know my bad. Those are the things we're going to stop doing. And those are the things you should not feel shame about not doing anymore because you only have so much energy in the day. So you need to commit to the things that you love and the things that you're good at. So figuring out, is there anything that I can do to give anyone else? And, and realizing that saying yes might make someone else happy, but it might let you down. So ask yourself, are we letting ourselves down right now? Make sure you identify what your boundaries are so that you can live a life you're proud of. And for me, when I became a mom, I had to say no to a lot of social time. And at first that was really hard, y'all. I'm very extroverted and I love being social at any time of day, phone calls, texting, social media, hanging out in person, events, wine night, you name it, I was there. But once I became a mom, I realized very quickly that people are depending on me. I'm depending on me. And I need to show up as the best version of me every single day. What do you need in order to show up as the best version of you every single day? And now I'm revamping my, revamping my coaching program so that I can help high achieving women accomplish these seemingly impossible, impossible on a whole other level. I have people counting on me. And if I don't get really good at saying no, then the no's will eventually come back around to me. 
So write it down, commit to those yeses and ignore the rest. You deserve to be at your best. Successful people have crystal clear boundaries. They know what to put their energy into and how to protect it. And they also know where they can't spend their energy because they can't afford to. Whether it's financial, whether it's relational, like a thing with your parents, whether it's emotional, spiritual, your energy needs to be protected and your boundaries are there to protect you and help you stay in your lane so we don't get burnt out and continue to feel overwhelmed. Thank you so much. I know I said all of the words today and I know I gave Lauren, you a lot that to amazing. think about, but thank you so, so much. And per usual, I want to hear from you. I'm tired of hearing my voice. I want to hear from you. Lauren Lavender. Ooh, yeah. Who is that? that? Hey, Bessie, congrats. Hi, that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Sheila. Hi, friends. Good morning. Good job, Lauren. Thank you so much. Oh my God, you just made my day when I hear your voice. And y'all, if you're not listening to Sheila on Spotify or anywhere, stop everything. Stop listening to me. Go to Spotify right now and listen to her. She's amazing and her voice is incredible. Thank you, Sheila. I love you. Thank you for being here. Does anyone want to jump in and share? Lauren, everything you said. Amazing, 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 Mama. And I just want to do a quick little room reset for those that are joining us. Welcome to Breakfast with Champions, the largest breakfast table where Lauren Lavender just dropped some incredible gems on how to really get through and manage burnout because I think we've all been there. And I just want to make sure that we're, we're amplifying this topic and realizing that we're all going to go through trials and tribulations. We're all going to experience tough times and challenges. And it's not about... The challenge itself is about how you approach the challenge and the things that you start to do today, the routines that you start to create today to help you up level your mindset, your emotions, your feelings, your physical body. Like what are the things that you're doing right now today to help yourself have more energy, to help yourself be more positive, to help yourself just live the life by design that you've always wanted to live because we have control to create that life through our actions, through our thoughts, through our words, and through our connections, through the people that we choose to surround ourselves with. So Lauren, that was such a powerful segment. I love you. You're incredible. And I'm going to pass the mic right back over to you, mama. Thank you, Niku. And I'm so glad I got to hear Kai this morning. His voice is so cute. Wait, y'all, me and Niku have the same, our sons are the same age. So we literally know what the other person's going through. So I appreciate you. And the mama in the background was so nice to hear. Thank you for that. Does anybody else want to share? I do, Lauren. It's Jules. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. You are, there. you are just so powerful and amazing. I'm so proud of you. Like everything you spoke about just like really touched my heart. So I just want to say I'm very grateful that we have connected and I am proud of you that you're going to go with your dad and just shoot you to the, um, you know, get something to eat because, you know, we only are here for so amount of time. And I am just like grateful that, you know, you're take stepping up and building your relationship with him because I know that means a lot to you. And one thing um, that you did say was look through the, uh, the lens of empathy. Like, um, that just really spoke to me as well. Like, everything you said, you're just so amazing. I love you because it doesn't, it can be difficult sometimes looking through the lens of empathy. It's not always easy, especially when you're um, empathic, you know. 
So I just wanted to congratulate you and I love you and I look forward to continue just hearing your voice every Thursday and um, give you as I'm giving you virtual hugs because I can't really give you a hug, but I love you and you are amazing. So you did a great job. My name's Jules. I'm done speaking. Thank you, Julie. That means the world to me. And when it comes from you, I know you genuinely mean it. So thank you. I appreciate you. And I, I do want to highlight that again. I think so often we think about how can I improve? How can I do better? How can I do all these things? And I know we, we talk about it a lot in the context of business when we're in Breakfast with Champions. But I don't think you can be a good leader and a good provider if it doesn't come from a good foundation within your home and within yourself and within your soul. If you are at odds in the business with yourself, which is getting through this life, I think it'll come up in your business. And so I encourage anyone, if you are going through anything at all that might be tough and you're like, nah, I've just been going through this forever. It is what it is. Let me tell you, that's going to bubble up at some point in your business. It's taking up energy that is needed to get you to the next level of your business, to get you to actually start your business. Maybe you have something that's weighing on you right now and you're like, I literally can't do all the things I want to do because I am just so burnt out. I don't know where to begin. I have all these things that I have to work on that are really, really painful, but I'm here to tell you one step at a time one thing at a time. Just slowly walk through it. Be really, really empathetic with yourself and give yourself grace. My mom always says pain demands to be felt. The same thing happens with emotional trauma. If you are going through anything or have been through anything and you think, yeah, I'm good. That was a long time ago. Maybe did we really like, did we really get through it? I want you to ask yourself that because if you don't, I really think it can come up in every single area of your lives. Thank you, Jules. I appreciate you so much. Does anybody else want to share? Hi, Lauren. Lauren. This is uh, Jane, Dr. Jane. I just want to make a brief, uh, a brief comment. First is thank you for speaking truth, because when it comes to Father's Day and Mother's Day, you know, a lot of times people have shame because they don't know how to speak about their pain and they don't know how to speak about their disconnected relationships. And it stirs up all the stuff that needs to be dealt with. So by you being vulnerable this morning, I know that there are so many people that related to your story, but you also demonstrated for us what forgiveness looks like, right? That when you're at a place of acceptance and creating a new relationship in a new day, that you are no longer tied to the outcome that things could have been different. And you are looking forward to having what you have now. And I think a lot of people also need to, to hear that. You know, we have to go back to understand where we've been so that we know who we are and why we struggle with the things that we struggle. And I 100, 100, 100% agree with you that when we don't deal with the things that are in our shadows, it is going to affect us and how we thrive in our business, in our love relationships, and just overall in life, no matter how much we try to stay in denial. So, you know, it's just really imperative that it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's part of a healing journey when we accept all the parts of us, the good, the bad, the ugly, and we look at our relationships so many people have relationship trauma. They've been wounded in relationships, but we can also heal in relationships. And you just outlined that today in such a beautiful way. So just wanted to thank you. Uh, and this is Dr. Janie. I'm complete.
thank you, Dr. Janie. That validation meant the world to me because I seriously look up to everything you have to say. So thank you for that. And, and thank you for, for coming out and just saying, yeah, it is, it is normal and, and making mental health a normal conversation. I I'm the first person that asks, how are you? And, and my friend, Vanessa, one of my best friends in the entire world, this is her first time on the app. Y'all she joined me in our conversation today. I love you, Vanessa. Thank you for listening. And she's going to laugh at this. One of my notorious questions I always ask everybody is, are you happy? That's all I care about. That's the only thing I care about. Are you happy? If the answer is no, we got some work to do as whole production. Stop, halt, everything. Why? What is it? What are we going to do right now? Because if you're not happy in any... There's four different lanes, right? We have our vocation, we have our personal, we have our professional, we have our, our spiritual, our emotional. Okay, I said five, whatever. There's a million pieces of you. And if one of those is not getting fulfilled, you will not reach ultimate fulfillment, which to me is just a very simple word, happy. Are you happy? And if you're not, I'm the first person to be like, then we're going to sit down right now and figure out how to get you there. So thank you. Thank you for that, Dr. Janie. I appreciate you so much. Lolita, I saw you flashing your mic. Do you want to share? Yes, just really quickly. Hey, and thank you so much for sharing, hey. Lauren. Hey, you know, for me, it was actually triggering for me. Um, and I had a great relationship with my father. I mean, so much so that uh, I even, I was in a room one time and I was hearing triggering stories, you know, about trauma that folks had with their parents and their fathers specifically. And I ended up writing a poem, really, Dear Daddy, because what I recognized was I hadn't really, after my father passed away seven years ago, and I didn't even really know that I hadn't grieved or really expressed myself until it was that moment. And so what I wanted to offer to folks, like, I love that you all are going to lunch. I love that you all are rekindling, well, I'll say kindling a relationship. Um, and I encourage you to just start from now right? Just right now. And I love that you're on this path of forgiveness and what it means to you and your children are starting to see all of this because it's so important that when we forgive, we start to also let go, right? What I was aware of when you were talking was where I was feeling it in my body, in my chest. And even now as I'm talking, it's starting to be released. I was going to go outside and do some grounding work after, honestly. But it really, I appreciate your share because it if you were feeling anything while Lauren was speaking, I encourage you honestly to feel where you felt that thing and do something like breathing in order to really release it. Walk outside and really release it. Smile and look at yourself in the mirror. If you need to sit in it, feel that emotion. And I love that Lauren said that because you got to be aware of what is happening with you and take those because it's different for everybody. Take those, right? and gift yourself permission to simply pause. So I love that, Lauren, and I just wanted to pro provide a little bit of perspective um, from someone who, I don't know where it came from, but I know for me, I was like, oh, I think it's because I'm an empath and I take on stuff, but I also am aware and then able to release it. And for me, sometimes that comes in writing, sometimes that comes in taking off my shoes and going outside and hugging a tree or walking in the grass. Whatever that is for you, do it. Because at the end of the day, what Lauren shared with us is that she is. So we don't need to sit still. Thank you so much. Lolita, thank you for that. And, and I appreciate you being vulnerable about that because I love that you said, I thought I was good. 
but then I started feeling things. I did the same thing. I was like, I got my segment. I'm going to talk about this, blah, 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 blah. And then I started talking. It was like, all these waterworks. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something after this. I'm going to go to lunch with my dad and we're going to have a conversation. I guess I still have more to talk about. I guess I still have more on me that's weighing on me to, to go through with my dad. And I hate saying deal with. Deal with sounds like, all right. I'm going to deal with this now, right? I'm going to make some time. I guess I'll do it. I get to. I get to have another lunch with my dad, right? I get to go through. Whew, I get to go through another tough conversation because I know on the other side is greatness, right? I get to have a moment with my dad. No one is perfect. I don't care who you are, what you've done. I just want to know what are you doing now? And if you are a parent and you feel bad about something you've done, let me tell you this. As a child of someone who has a lot of regrets and I wish she would stop regretting it, let it go. We forgive you. Your kids forgive you. They want you to be happy. They see you struggling and they want to know what's up. What can we do to move on? I want to be there for you and I want to move on with you. That is what family does. I know sometimes it's hard. Forgiveness is is a superpower, y'all. It's not easy but it's a muscle you have to flex in order to use it or lose it, right? You have to continue practicing it. And the best people to do that with are the people that are in your close circle. So thank you, Lolita, for that reminder. And woo, I got some stuff to work on too. So I'm holding myself accountable. Hey coach, I see you flashing, beautiful daddy. Did you want to share something? For sure, for sure. We got so much in common, it's amazing. Because your everything you said about your dad, it that's my dad, like to the T, right? I'm sure, of course, there's more I don't know, but what you said, it aligns so crazy. And even, you know, I can say our relationship got better when my daughter was born, which is when I turned 30, um, that's when my daughter was born. And that Christmas, I finally just, you know, I, I let everything go. So I just wrote a letter, wrote a letter to my dad. That was his Christmas gift. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. And it was my forgiveness. And he know he he knew he needed it, but I never openly said it to him. So I wrote it in a letter. And you know, when I was on my way back to Tennessee, I was driving back to Tennessee. He texted me and he said, "That's he said that letter is his most prized possession." That's what he said to me. And right then and there, I knew it was it was over. Like all the pain gone, everything was good. And now when I go home, he's the first stop I make. You know, he it used to be the last stop I made. It used to be try to avoid them. But when I go home, my pops is the first stop I make. When I go home, we go fishing and we go to the gun range and we talk. Like we have the greatest relationship now, you know? And I think that just just healing that and letting that go, man, it, it made so much, so many other areas in my life, it made them complete and made them whole. You know what I mean? Because that thing, it was like, you know, I had these, all these five containers, but they, they drew into one, but there was a hole in it because that unforgiveness was there. And once I patched that hole, everything could maintain itself and be complete, you know? So I really, man, thank you, Lauren, for, for sharing that.
and I hope anybody else will hear it. Yo, heal, heal your relationships. Let things go because unforgiveness, it'll hold you back. It's a weight that only you can cut. Only you can break that. So heal, forgive, and move on. Thank you. Heal, Hi, forgive, everyone. and move on. Yes, who is that? It's Renee. Uh, this is Renee Piani. I'm called the Love Designer, and I love this room. And you know, Father's Day is a big trip out for a lot of people. Um, I, I did a TEDx about this. It's called The Power of Your Love Lineage. Um, everybody should check it out because we sometimes, you know, were brought up by, by parents back in the 50s, you know, old school. I, I'm Italian, and my father um, was unfaithful. Is it just me, or did we lose Renee? We did. Yeah, I was just about to ask I the same so. thing. Okay. Renee, I can't wait to come back to you. I can't wait to hear about this. Are you back? I just saw your mute mic. I'm going to give you a couple seconds. Okay, we'll come back around to her. Um, somebody else spoke up, that they and they wanted to chime in. Who was that? This is Dr. Rowe. I didn't speak up by flash, but if somebody's okay. before me, they can go. Nope, go for it, Dr. Rowe. It's all your... Okay. I was just going to say thank you for that beautiful segment. I also know that there are some people with relationships with their father, it's not about forgiveness. It's more about pivoting to do other things. And I say that minutely. Um, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, as other people know. So when I left the religion, my family left me. And my dad is the most integral part of my life. I owe everything of who I am to my father, always will respect him, but he's not allowed to speak to me because of the religion, which is something that's very, very painful. And I used to cry and do those things. And it's been 17 years that I haven't been in a religion. We speak minutely, but it's never, it will never be the same. So what I do now is throw my energy on Father's Day into my husband, and to other dads and to my uh, brother-in-laws and do something special for them. And Father's Day is every day. So no matter if my dad is never able to speak to me, I'll always love him. And I encourage everyone else to do the same, even if you don't get along, love them from afar. With that, I hand the mic back to you. This is Dr. Rowe. That was an amazing share, oh, and you're so happened? right. You Renee, was that, is that Pardon you? Me? Okay, yes, please. We, we're, we can't wait to hear what you have to say. Go for it. I was saying, you know, in my work as a love designer, there are so many people whose role models were not healthy. Cheating fathers, mothers that were drinking and screwing around with a bunch of men that you saw. And if you don't heal those wounds, you'll keep repeating the patterns, and then your kids will pick up what you picked up. And it's a very important thing that these um, painful um imprints that get put into our hearts and minds as little children like it did with me seeing all of my aunts be cheated on they used to come to the kitchen and cry and say that bastards are all liars and it led me to my business my my uh, pain led me to my passion to help people to heal the imprints from the past and look that pe our parents the you know anybody that's over 50 had parents that didn't have any education on how to bring up kids. They didn't get the role models that we have now. And look, here we are on Clubhouse, able to talk about all of this. But the work that I'm doing with people to heal these imprints is so deep because then it opens their hearts to find love again. 
because if half the world's divorced, half the parents are angry or not present as they're raising their kids, your kids are getting influenced by everything you say, everything they see, everything that they hear. And I was one of those little kids that absorbed the pain of my mother. I absorbed the pain of watching all of my aunts go through divorce and have to suffer and struggle to take care of their children and became a Wonder Woman and a Superman like all of you are in this room. We all became who we are. The breakfast of champions are people that are championing the world to lead the world from what we are teaching, whatever uh, you're in, whether it's money, uh, whether it's you know real estate, whether it's coaching, whatever. My whole life has been dedicated to helping people to heal from these broken dreams. So my book is called Get Real About Love, and it helps you to look at your patterns. And I'm hearing this within these conversations. So if anybody resonates, please feel free to DM me. I'd love to talk about it again. But Father's Day is an opportunity for you to go up to your dad and say, hey, dad, I'd like to have some deep conversations with you. And during Corona, I think all of us had a chance to reflect on some of the things that we haven't resolved. And it's time now for the world to heal these things so that you can move on. Your kids don't have to carry the resentments that you carry toward your father or your mother. So that was just my personal thing from hearing just a few conversations, but I'm sure some of you have it. Does anybody have unresolved issues with your dad? Flash. You know, then do the inner reflection and get real about it. And I got to tell you, my dad went to heaven feeling very peaceful that he had resolved the anger, especially with me. And he goes, my God, you ended up in the business of healing people's hearts for what I did to you. And he started to cry. And I said, well, God has a reason to, to lead people. So whatever you all are doing, you are some of the power, most powerful people, you know, in this, I mean, in these rooms, you're very powerful people in this room, influencers. So make sure you heal this stuff so that your work can even be more powerful. So this is Renee Piani, the love designer, and I'm out. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Renee. And thank you for speaking up as a resource, because I know sometimes when we hear these conversations and we go, all right, I'm ready, but I don't know the what, what now, who do I go to for this? Cause I know I can't do it alone. So thank you for stepping up and essentially saying I can help you. Thank you. Thank well, you so the much book for that. Itself, the book itself will help you because you'll repeat the same relationships that you saw and half the relationship modeling is, is pretty bad in the world. And then people look at every, all the movie stars and movies. That's not love. You know, I represent love. I help people to find it and heal from these things. So if anybody's interested, please DM me, stay in touch or ask me to come into your rooms because it's really powerful. So Father's Day is a great opportunity to start the process. God bless you all, all you great dads out there. Remember, your kids are watching. <laughs> Believe me, I was watching. I saw everything. And if you go to my TEDx, it's called The Power of Your Love Lineage and my name, Renee Piani, and it'll it'll show you how I, as a little girl, absorbed all the pain that I should have never absorbed. And many of you may have been have experienced the same. So there is healing available, and it can happen very easily with an open heart. God bless, and I'm here listening. Thank you, Renee. Thank you so much for that. And you brought up something, too, about the cycle continues um, because we absorb 
you know, through resonance, what's happening. Um, that also happened to me. Really what was going on was spousal trauma. And as a child who's sitting in the wings and in the audience going, I don't know what's happening, but I can feel what's happening. You carry that with you and then you aren't able to see it unless you have your adult eyes on and go, oh, this is what was happening looking back. And it forces you to relive it again. So you're like, oh, that was really happening. Oh my God. And you relive it. So you got to go through it again, which is why I love the checkpoint, right? You got to stop and say to yourself, like, are we really good? Like Joy brought up the segment the other day last week of how are we doing and how are we doing really? How are you really doing? Because I do think sometimes too, we evolve. We become masters at more things in our life. And sometimes we leave behind other things. And so when you have to go back and revisit that, sometimes it's that much harder, right? So the sooner you deal with it, the better off your life will be. Coach was gave a perfect example of that. Deal with it now and jump on this opportunity to make the rest of your life the best time of your life. Thank you so much for that share. Well, you um, know, I just want to say one more thing. Writing okay. letters, writing, like, just the thoughts that we're talking about now, people will pop up in your mind. This isn't just, just with family. It's with business associates that you might have had crappy experiences with and you don't even want to see them then they pop up here on uh on the clubhouse and you're like oh there they are again right so if there's anybody that tweaks that you know like it feels like you got a, a stomach uh somebody punched you in the stomach those are the things that you need to address because they do stop you sometimes from moving forward especially with love and trust depending on what imprint was imprinted in you so just take a look at it Renee, I think we lost you again, but we can come back to you um, once you come back. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, Gabrielle, Gabby, are you there? Did you want to share? Yes, yes. Lauren, uh, first of all, I love you so much, and I wasn't expecting to tear up this morning either from your segment. Uh, my mind has been racing because my thoughts actually go back to my grandparents, but um, I want to say thank you for being vulnerable, sharing your experiences, and providing steps for us to take care of our mental health. Um, I had so many aha moments while you spoke and you made me realize that other people's actions are not a reflection of me. Uh, you made me realize that days that could be for celebration may actually be days that people dread and may be triggering. And um, there are times when I feel down thinking of time that I might have wasted with people from holding grudges but really can't let that weigh me down and, and the time is now and um, it's not too late to mend relationships it's time to move forward so just know you've touched me I have actions that I'm taking away with to work on and heal and thank you Lauren I'm this is Gabrielle and I'm thank you Gabby and Gabby's one of my best friends in the entire world y'all she's known me since I was really little so she can attest this is this is real life. Um, and, and I'm so grateful for you to be here, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you touched on something, too, which is the the opportunity we have to move forward. Um, a lot of people don't get that opportunity. They don't get that time back with their parents. So that's why I'm just like a real sponsor of forgiveness, because I just believe time is the only thing we have left. So please use it wisely. All righty. Does anybody else want to share? I hear somebody on my some mic flashes. Um, 
we only have about 15 minutes left. So I want to go ahead and open up the hand raising to all of my friends in the audience and give everybody an opportunity to speak should they feel so inclined to do so. Um, and while we're waiting, I'll, I'll touch on something else that I was thinking about while I was talking, which is <sighs> forgiving ourselves. And Gabby, you just talked about, talked about this as well is really hard too, because I had a lot of guilt for being so mad at my dad. Like, okay, now I know my dad isn't a hairy, scary monster, but I still feel angry at him. Like he's ready to move forward. He's standing at the starting line. Why can't I join him? And be easy on yourself because at the end of the day, you went through trauma. Regardless of whose fault it is, you went through something really hard. So take that time to forgive yourself so that you have the strength to walk through the tough conversations that you're about to have for part two. Forgive yourself, okay? It's okay that you had to take a beat. I had to take 20 years. I did not, I chose, I proactively chose to hate someone for 20 years. And then for five years, I proactively felt bad about that. And I was like, what am I doing? I have right now. I can change this all right now. So I just encourage you to just go, it's okay. Talk to yourself. It's okay. We're good. We're going to move on and continue moving forward. So I brought a few people up on stage and thank you guys so much for joining us. I see you, Sabrina and Anna. Who wants to go first? I would love to chime in on this. Hi, everybody. This is Anna. Thanks so much for bringing me up to the stage. I just came in about 15 minutes ago. So the, the, the part that I heard and that's sticking out for me that I wanted to share is, as a uh, psychotherapist and a personal development coach and a grief counselor for almost 30 years, you know, grief and anger, these are processes. And I, when I first came in, I heard somebody talking about the word that they have to quote deal. Maybe it was, maybe Lauren, maybe it was you. I'm not sure like dealing with what it is that I'm feeling and, you know, dealing another word for that could be processing that, you know, it's a process. So grieving, moving through anger. Sometimes we don't get over our anger. Sometimes we don't get over the loss of someone. I don't think that it's fair to expect ourselves and or others around us to quote get over something but we move through it i worked in oncology for years um and in grief counseling hospice and you know sometimes i would hear from you know spouses two years later whose husband or wife had died and they would say to me it's year two and everybody thinks i ought to be moving on and everybody thinks you know my my friends and my adult children are telling me to start dating it's year two, and this is the worst. This is so much worse than last year. So I think that it's a process, and it's not linear. And many of us know this. You know, it's like it is one step forward, two steps back. One day, it's like I'm okay, I'm good. And the next day, I feel like I can barely get out of bed. I can, I can hardly get to my emails. I don't want to email one person back. I just need to sit and be with me. And so I would just encourage all of us to honor how we're feeling and to not judge how we feel and what we think. They're just our thoughts. Thoughts come and go like the clouds overhead. Feelings come and go like the clouds overhead. They never stay static over us. They're always moving. But to really throw grace to ourselves and those around us and to remember that all that we're going through 
It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. So that's my thought on this. Thanks so much for having me up. Love the conversation. I'm good to speak. We're processing. Anna, you nailed it. You just gave me so much permission to take my time and to process it. And time is not measurable when it comes to healing. Time doesn't count, right? It, it, it's, it's a measure that we use for a lot of really good things, but I don't think it's great in our healing process because healing is, I think, is a whole different dimension, right? It, it's a pro- Sometimes it happens in two seconds, sometimes it takes 20 years. So thank you. God, that was so brilliant. Jeremy, I see you flashing your mic. You want to jump in? Yes, I do. And this is such a perfect time for me to do so um, after Anna. And Lauren, I just started following you. I don't know how I wasn't before. So, <laughs> it's nice. all good, bro. It's all- Always makes me laugh. Um, I recently went through uh, a loss of a parent and one that I was incredibly, incredibly close with. And what's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful about it is because I have so many wonderful examples around me and thousands of people that would literally be there for me in a minute. I realized this was the first year where when I first got the phone call, I told my mom, I said, mom, let's just feel it. Let's just feel it. And giving myself that permission where the last time when he got hurt 19 years ago, we knew it was inevitable. We didn't feel it. We didn't feel it as a family. I didn't cry for eight years. I know I was told to not get therapy. There were so many things that happened. And this time when she called, I just cried. I cried on the phone with her. And I said, Mom, I don't need you to be strong. I don't need you to be anything. I don't need you to play any type of character. And that's really what I wanted to say to the room is I don't want anyone to have to like they have to play a character or have to be strong for someone because the beauty is in the morning. The beauty is, the healing is in the feeling in that moment. Not only in feeling good, but feeling bad. And so... I told her, I said, let's just cry. And I literally just cried on the phone with her. And then every time I felt sad, I've given myself the permission to literally just cry for like 10, 15 minutes, you know, whatever it took. Hey champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there good are you good are you sure you want to talk you want to do this and i was like and what i told them was i said you know what in this moment i'm, I'm actually really good thank you for asking i receive all the love the prayers the hugs the the warmth but <laughs> right now i'm actually quite happy i was like you know i might not be in an hour i might not be tomorrow morning when i wake up i might not be when i see a video of him i'm but i'm in that moment is when i'm going to cry in that moment's when i'm going to call you and I'm giving myself the permission for the rest of the day and the rest of the week and the other 99.9% of the day to be amazing because that's how I live my life and I am happy. And I think that's what gets people stuck in this rut that they create from someone that's a loss. And then two years later, they're still feeling it because it's not just one moment. So I know in two years, I'm probably going to have a moment where I see a video or a beautiful video of me talking to him in his chair where he was paralyzed and and, I'm, and it's, and it's going to make me cry, and that's okay, and I don't judge myself for the rest of my life because I'm a freaking human being, and I don't want anyone in the room to judge themselves either. That's the freedom I feel like I can give people is the freedom of true love for themselves and true love for everyone else, and that's when healing can really come from because then you can give yourself the permission for the rest of the day to 
cannot play a character for anyone because I don't care who you just lost. It's okay to be happy too in that moment and then okay to feel sad when you want to feel sad. So I'm so glad Anna said that and I'm so glad I get to talk about healing this morning because I know there's someone in the audience who needs to know that it's okay for them to be happy today as well. Thumbs up. Thank you, Jeremy. Pain demands to be felt, everybody. So go through your process, process it how you need to do it, and you have permission also to be happy. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Shavanta, how are you? Did you want to jump in and share? Yes. Hi, Lauren. Hi, everyone on the stage. Uh, my name is Shavante. Um, I I just, <laughs> I've been listening in now in the room for uh, the past couple of days. And I mean, the stories that everyone has shared um, has resonated with me so well, um, because, you know, I'm in the phase of my life where I'm, you know, in the growth period. And, um, you know, I'm uh, working on personal development and things like that. And so everything that um, you guys have been talking about, um, about, you know, being in the silent phase in life and, and um, you know, the uh, our fathers, um, you know, some people like what Lauren, I resonated with you when you were talking about, um, you know, not having your father around. Um, you know, for me, my father, uh, you know, haven't been in my life since I was 11 up until uh, about the age of 29. Um, so that was a really hard period in a time in my life that I went through, um, you know, around that time. And I didn't know really how to process it or handle it. And, you know, I just think that being self-aware is, you know, very important, you know, being aware of how you're coming across to people when you speak and, and the words that you use and things like that when you're going through um, the healing phase in your in your life, you know, being aware of, um, being aware that that's where you are in life and, and, and you have some areas in your life that you need to work on and, and heal. And, you know, if self-awareness is important and having people around you that can point out those things and show you, um, you know, who you are and what you're going through in life is, is very important during that time because um, you can go through so much in life, you know, you can experience so many different things, right? And, you know, you carry that with you, you carry that with you. And if you don't deal with it, and if you don't tackle it, then yes, you will, it can affect others around you without you even knowing that. Um, so it's very important, you know, I, I would say to be self-aware of who you are, what place you're at in your life. What, and it is a process. Someone mentioned that on the stage, it is a process. And if you trust the process and, and, you, and you're aware of, you know, the things that you need to work on so that you can help others, you know, to succeed in their areas, because that is what it's all about. You know, at the end of the day, it's about helping others to succeed. It's about giving back. Um, it's about encouraging others and motivating others. And you can't do that from a place of hurt. I mean, you know, because you, if you're going through so much pain in your life, it's hard for you to, um, and I'm about to cry because, you know, you guys really made me so emotional today, but I'm sorry. But um, it's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. I mean, I'm not gonna lose my cool, but it's really um. You can lose really your cool. Amazing. It's okay. You can lose your cool. It's okay. Yes, pain yeah. has to be felt. It's all good. Let you it go, out. girl. You be you. Yeah. Just take some deep so, breaths. Take some deep breaths. We're with take it. Take some deep breaths. Yeah, deep breaths, deep breaths. But it there, is um. There you go. It's it's uh it's very important that you realize you know where you are so that you can help others, you know, because 
um, if you're anything like me, you know, you're an empath and, and you're, and you love to give and you have so much that you want to share with others, but sometimes you're at a place in your life where you need help yourself and you don't really, um, know how to fully give that help to others. So with me, I'm learning and I, and I'm being vulnerable right now in front of a lot of people that I never met. And, you know, I, I, I never, and it's hard to be vulnerable. It is, but you know, you guys have encouraged me today to just go ahead and step out on faith, um, step out of my shell and just speak my truth of, you know, my life so that way I can impact others. So thank you, Lauren, for sharing your story because you really helped me to, uh, you know, open up about the things that I'm feeling and the things I'm going through. And, you know, it, it sometimes you are afraid and, and you're ashamed of those things because you know you want to be the best version of yourself. You want to show up for yourself. You want to be consistent in what you're doing in life. Um, and, and the way to do that is just by making sure that you're self-aware and that you're getting the help and the, and the healing that you need to succeed in life. And it's nothing wrong with that. Um, the best thing you can do is acknowledge that that is what's happening and, you know, surround yourself by people like everybody that's in this room right now, because all of you are amazing. All of you have encouraged me and your vulnerability and, and the way that you're speaking, it's just, it's really amazing that you all are so vulnerable like this and that you're all just so open with what's happened with you in your life because you never know i'm sitting in the audience i'm listening to each and every last one of you speak and it's just like wow these people are amazing you know they have so many great stories to share that are relatable you know we can all relate because we're all human beings and we all go through different things in our lives but you know holding it in and, and being afraid to speak is not going to help you you me or anyone else so, you know, thank you guys for, for that today. Thank you for helping me. Um, and thank you for helping me cultivate myself and, 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 and being a part of the journey of my growth that I'm enduring. Thank you for being a part of that. And, and thank you for, for everything. And it's for me, because sometimes you don't realize the people that you can hurt on your journey when you're not aware. And so I can encourage everybody today and the value that I can add is to be self-aware of where you're at in your life. Be aware of those around you, you know, so that way you're not hurting anyone during your journey. You know, you 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 may have good intentions. Yes, and and your intentions are pure, but if you're going through things in your life and you need help and you need healing, you know, you can, you know, say th the wrong thing to somebody or come across the wrong way and it wasn't your intention, right? It wasn't your intention. But you know, again, self-awareness is very important. So thank you guys. And that's all I'm done speaking. Thank you. And I'm proud of you for coming up here and sharing and being vulnerable too. You have helped someone else. So thank you so much. And I just want to do a sign of gratitude. Thank you guys. This was an amazing day. I apologize if I triggered anybody, but my goal is to make you better. My goal is to help you and to say, I am with you. I'm linking arms with you. We got this. Thank you guys. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you to all my amazing speakers. This is Breakfast with Champions.
And if you're not following the club already, hit that little greenhouse at the very, very top. Click follow and send it to all your friends and family because they need to follow too. This is your breakfast table. This is where we all get to come together, get to the bottom of things and make our lives that much better through education, inspiration and motivation. Thank you guys so much. Please don't forget to follow the moderators and all of your favorite speakers and everybody around you. With that, I'm Lauren Lavender. Please have an amazing day and thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.